Your career will be defined by successes and failures and your perseverance to succeed. Ladies, gentlemen and variations thereupon, this is Modern Escapism. Welcome to the show and welcome to Careers Month. Please submit your CVs and a covering letter to our email address. If we haven't gotten back to you within five weeks, you haven't got the job. My name is Oodles, the job guidance counsellor of the show. Joining me today, Union Liaison Officer and Head of Human Affairs, it's Candy. Hello. Social Media Manager and Influencer Champion, it's Stig. Hello. And Office Secretary, Gadget. You're fucked. Nothing's getting done. No one knows where anything is. <laughs> so, unfortunately, no biggie this week as he's on annual leave, but in his place. What? We have a very special guest on the episode. It's professional tall man and legendary podcaster, Kevin Mann. We welcome to the show and thank you for agreeing to join us tonight. Kevin. Oh, thanks. It's a, it's a pleasure. Does this make me a modern escapist or escapee? I'm not really sure which uh, title I can take, but I'll have either. Escapee, happy to have us. Happy to be here. Excellent, excellent, excellent. So, before we get into the show, please consider becoming one of our sexy and incredibly cool patrons. Help us divide and conquer the podcasting world. Details are in our show notes. But mainly check out our website, modernescapism.co.uk, for more exquisite content and links to everything we do. So, what I want to do now, before we get onto the news, is Kevin, who are you and what do you do? Uh, hi, I'm Kevin. I'm uh, I'm I'm a tall as as mentioned. I'm tall first and foremost, <laughs> and uh, I've been a full time podcaster coming up on six years uh, this coming January. I am originally from Ireland. I live in Manchester now, and I host the Outsider Podcast, Cinema Swirl, and How to Wrestling, and a couple of other things as well. I have to say, actually, to those that are listening and not watching, you look absolutely incredible. You have the best hair I think I've ever seen. That's a good arrangement. <laughs> yeah, I know. My hair has often been said it's been wasted in the audio world of, uh, of podcasting. You know, it's, uh, I really wish they had developed a way just to get that across on the microphone. I've yet to discover one yet myself. It, 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 it's quite spectacular. It's the mustache for me. That's a glorious facial fuzz you've got going on there. Well, you're you're in the the twilight of mustache season now because as the nights <laughs> grow closer and the sun draws in, so does my mustache, and I will become a bearded monster for the sake of energy efficiency in the coming months. It makes yes. sense. That, that's what that's that's why me and Gadget do it. Yep, he does, does spot a, a very good beard. Can contest. <laughs> I've seen seen many pictures of the beard. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. It's a successful beard if you can successfully put one of those small pens from Argos in it and yeah. it can not fall out on its own. Then you know you're you're going to be adding some tog value to your face. Then okay, the sharpie, well, mate. Yep, <laughs> that counts. All right, no showing off. Okay, no showing off. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, it is time for Biggie's breaking news. But there's no Biggie. Who's going to do it? You may already know, but he doesn't. Because it's time for Biggie's Breaking News. Me. Take it away. Uh, All right, I'm Biggie. (laughs) (laughs) 
Like Walker McCoy. <laughs> yep. Um, right, first up, some gaming news. Tencent and Sony to take stake in Elden Ring publisher from software. Units of Tencent and Sony will make minority stakes in from software. Um, this is in a bid for Tencent to try and get a bit of a, more of a foothold within the Japanese market. Yeah, makes sense. From from software, games sell ridiculous amounts, so of course they're going to I'd want do to get far with them. Yeah, Tencent is a Chinese company, isn't it? Yeah, 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 mm. yeah. So yeah, it makes sense. I'm trying to push that push more into the uh, Asian market. Um. Next up, uh, End Night Games tweet that Sons of the Forest will be delayed once again, but gives a release date of February the 23rd, 2023. Is that the fifth delay? This is their fifth delay, yeah. I've been waiting on this game for about two years now. It's on its first original release date. Um, it looks it's that great, Forest though. sequel. Yeah, yeah. Forest sequel. It just looks like they took everything from the first game and have just made it look incredible. Looks there's so much good stuff in it, but they just keep delaying it. But I'm fine with that. I would rather it be delayed and it's right on release because this is a game that Absolutely. you can play with your friends online. So we need to make sure it's right, otherwise you just need to be patient before you can skin humans yeah. and stick their heads on spikes. Yeah, or make chairs <laughs> out of their bones. <laughs> no, right, right, let's get it right. They're not humans. They are monsters. You do, you do mm-hmm. kill the monsters mm-hmm. and make the chairs. Kind of just savage or anything, like yeah. yeah. <laughs> the monsters, guys. Yeah, I, I got very. Enough. Everyone's like, "Why are you eating their heads?" I was like, "Because it's meat and it's part of the game." And yeah, but apparently it's at, it's at my insanity rating, sky high. Do worry about the morals, you. mate. Even when you're playing games, <laughs> morals, morals first. They're monsters. They're not humans. That's, mate, sounds like something a dictator would say. Anyway, <laughs> next. Halo Infinite Forge mode gets November release date, but split-screen co-op is cancelled. In a new update, of oh. 343 announced details of the winter update coming uh, November 8th, which comes with some long-awaited modes. Um, I, find it, I find it quite odd to have a Halo game without split-screen co-op. It's like yeah, ingrained in its split DNA. screen's going mm. the the way of the dodo. I feel like it's really hard to find split screen yeah. games these days. Yeah. And it there was a time a couple of years ago where if something said it was multiplayer, you would assume that yeah. meant local. And now it's like it has this rare special. It's a couch co op game if you can play it split yeah, exactly. screen. Like, I mi- I missed it. it's multiplayer, right? Where'd that go? You can, yeah, you can, exactly. Your couch co-op games as well just tend to be like fun indie games. I mean, like, you know, stuff like Overcooked and Moving yeah. Out, they're brilliant. But, you know, yeah. I kind of, I miss the days of playing Diablo 3 in, on couch co-op. That was a great one to have someone around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even older than that, just just a racing game. Remember those? Yeah. <laughs> Good old days of Mario Kart. Yeah, split screen when, racing When game. your friend was in punching distance, that's what you really want to aim for. Them, specifically. <laughs> I used to play um, Smackdown. Um, what's it? Here comes the pain, or something like that. I think it's called. Best that. one. Oh, there's a game. That's the one I spent <laughs> too many, too many weeks on during the summer holidays. Wow. <laughs> yeah, if if you're a wrestling fan, you usually have at least one game that you played an unreasonably large amount oh, yeah. compared to all the other ones. It's like you played for a few hours, or there's one wrestling game you play as much as most people play The Sims for like. Oh seven yeah, years I did a full career like that, on it. You know, yeah, yeah. Here comes the pain was definitely mine. I, I, yeah. Played Ooh. every inch of that game. Made the thing, the best thing about it was, it was, it. it was like, it was clever with the multiplayer because, let's say you was um, a hardcore match, something like that, running, running out, you can run off, and then the screen split 
perfectly. Yeah. So no one, no one was lost, and they didn't have to zoom out the camera too much. And ah, oh, on a big CRT telly. Oh, those were the days. Just, yeah. just, so, just, just on the Halo thing as well. It's, it's really ridiculous the state that they've left that game in. Like the game was delayed by a year after that ridiculous um, reveal. God bless Craig. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Then it came out missing half the stuff that should be in a Halo game, but it conveniently had the battle pass and the ability to spend money in it. They did nothing with the battle pass. They delayed several, delayed the second season. Um, players have dropped off it, and now, like a year later, they're going, "Oh, we're finally going to get this mode that everybody wanted on launch." But you're not getting the other mode that everybody wanted on launch. That's cancelled completely. And it's just it. I don't know whether it's 343 or bad at making games or whether Microsoft are bad at producing games. You know, it's one of the two. <laughs> it could be both. That. It could be both. <laughs> yeah, and obviously, cool. Next. The, the, uh, just quickly on that last one, the uh, on. the rational people of Twitter are campaigning to get th- Halo taken off 343. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, those rational folks. Yeah, yeah. fair enough. <laughs> uh, next up, Xbox Game Pass. Uh, friends and family plan is confirmed. It will be trialing first in Ireland and Colombia, and this will. Why, why those two places specifically? I, I don't know. They didn't say twinned countries, yeah. Ireland and Colombia. Well, Microsoft's Europe, European operations in Ireland, and I think I guess the South American one must be in Colombia. It's same with Apple as well. That's in Ireland. There you go. As well. Yeah. So mm, could be that. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it should give everyone the benefits of Xbox Game Pass Ultimate, including cloud streaming and the rotation of selection of games. But you'll be able to share it out with other people to use on their Xboxes. That's that's badass. I love it. Into Can't it. argue with that. Yeah. Anyone moaning at that is an idiot. You heard it here first. I think they said it would be the equivalent of like four, four or five people on it for like $20 a month. Which works as like good fifty percent saving if you were doing five of them individually or something like that. Mm. There we go. We can all band together five quid each on the podcast. Yeah, <laughs> I need an Xbox first. Despite the fact that both me and you stick have like two yeah. years worth. <laughs> I, I, I'm subbed up till 2024 with all those cheap deals. <laughs> uh, on some films, we had a first look trailer of Winnie the Pooh: Blood and Honey. Has anybody watched this trailer yet? Yes. Yep. Oh bother. <laughs> oh my god. So I've not so seen excited. it. I, I've I've seen the stills. I've not seen the trailer. Looks fucking shit. Yeah, if you but in an awesome way. Yeah, if you don't know what happened here is that Disney lost the rights to Winnie the Pooh. Do I know? Disney never owned the rights to Winnie the Pooh in general. It went into public domain, didn't it? It went into yeah, public domain. It. Disney have the rights to their version of Winnie the Pooh. Yeah, but this yeah. version of Winnie the Pooh and um, all of his cr- crittery friends just go around killing people now. Uh, it looks as though after Christopher Robin grew up and left the uh, Hundred Acre Wood that Pooh and his friends all turned feral and (laughs) (laughs) decided to kill anyone who who, uh, ventured into their domain so yeah I'll give it a watch but it's guaranteed to be absolutely awful do you think it's going to be Pooh Cannon wait (laughs) that sounds bad (laughs) Pooh Cannon in itself that's disgusting (laughs) yeah sorry guys we've also got an episode title Already, <laughs> yeah. Uh, this one I really, I'm really happy about it. The A24 film from director Darren Aronofsky about a uh, 600 pound man seeking redemption has been white, starring Brendan Fraser, has been uh, critically received well at Venice. So I get that out my words correctly. Anyway, 
I'm just happy that Brendan Fraser's new film is good by all accounts. Mm. So I'm really happy for the bloke um, because he obviously was going to come back in the Batwoman film as well, which has been cancelled. So it's nice to see that the other film that he's starring in is... Uh, oh, yeah, it's, it's nice that the film's actually getting fucking released. Yes. Oh, yeah, that is. That is <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I have messaged his people to ask him if he wants to go on the show. He so probably would, you know, if you actually did ask him. Yeah, <laughs> I need to, I I need to pitch in my Mummy 4 idea. Yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> That was excellent. Kevin, we did a, 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 a episode on movie pitch ideas, and mine was uh, The Mummy 4. He's never been prouder of himself. I haven't, because I didn't. And, and, t- and tell me, did, uh, does The Mummy 4 fall into the Dark Universe uh, official timeline or not? No, no, that's, no, no. That's all I care about after watching The New Mummy with Tom Cruise. <laughs> uh, the real mummy, as we all know now. So, <laughs> now, sorry, now. No, we're, we're all nostalgic for Brendan Fraser. He means well, but Russell Crowe and Tom Cruise need our help. We need to get The Dark Universe <laughs> off the ground. So let's all go watch The Mummy again. Remember that photo that they all took, sat at the chair, stood beautifully? We need to see it. We need to see it. Yeah, we need to see it happen, exactly. Yeah, bring it it back, bring it back. We should fund it. Has has Sam seen The Mummy on Cinema Swirl? Yeah, we did. We actually did both of those mummies on Cinema Swirl. We did The Mummy and then That Mummy, as the uh, (laughs) The new mummy mummy is now officially known. Oh, good. The Mummy and That Mummy. Yeah, I've still got some episodes I'm catching up on them, so I'm looking forward to that one. Um, Hmm. Next up, uh, House of the Dragon director and showrunner reportedly quits leaving the series. Uh, Hollywood reporter claims that the series director and co-showrunner Miguel Sapochinik Nailed it. Yep. We'll be stepping down as a show uh, from the show with co-creator Ryan Condal, um, set to be the only show on the left. Alan Taylor, who directed some episodes from the original Game of Thrones, will be stepping in as an executive producer. Um, that sounds a lot worse than it actually is, I think. Yeah. It doesn't sound like it's shit. It's problems on set. and the Some of down, his so. Game of Thrones episodes are some of the best ones. Yeah, I had a look through to see what he's done. Yeah. So I wouldn't panic, guys. I wouldn't panic yeah. at all. He'd done episode nine of season one, the finale yeah. of season two, the penultimate yeah. episode of season seven as well. So, Which is a fantastic episode. Yeah. So, so yeah. I yeah, think, it's I think, I think, it'll be more worrying if both the showrunners left. That, that's when you need to worry. <laughs> but that's when you know that there's inside politics at play and someone's not agreeing creatively. Mm. Yeah, it's just, just worrying. As long as they just don't get Benioff and Weiss back. <laughs> I don't think now they're going to be working anytime soon. <laughs> no. Uh show we'll be touching on soon later in the show. Lord of the Rings, The Rings of Power is Amazon's biggest premiere of all time with twenty five million viewers. Surprising. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, un- unsurprising at all. Um but yeah, we'll be talking about that later in- coming up. Uh Netflix's Arcane became the first streaming series to win the animated program Emmy. It beat Bob's Burgers, Rick and Morty, The Simpsons, and What If. It I'm is really happy really about good. This. Yeah. It is really Fully good. Deserved. Yeah. It's it's yeah. one of the best things I've seen on Netflix. Have you seen it at all, Kevin? I uh, no I've not. Oh it's you it, should. It's really good. Just for the the artwork itself is just like even if there were no story whatsoever, it should win an award for the artwork. But I just love the way they don't sort of patronise the audience or they don't pander to children. It really is an adult show. Like I was watching it again this afternoon. It's like my third time round. It's, it's an easy sort of go-to show. I just absolutely love it. I can't wait for the next shame season. Shame about the uh, theme song now. 
What, what with the Imagination <laughs> Dragons? Me- yeah. Yes. And the music oh. throughout as well. I hate them. It's fine. It's fine. It kind of fits it, the show, real actually. Weirdly enough, does it? Yeah. Like, what is most astonishing is that it's it's a good thing that came out of League of Legends. I can't yeah. I can't overstate how difficult a thing that is. <laughs> oh yeah, I know nothing about League of Legends, but Arcane's sensational, and and it's the closest we've got to like Spider Verse when it comes to animation. And Into the Spider Verse is like the best animated film ever made. Also, shockingly enough, fight me. Despite how toxic they are, League of Legends players like Arcane. They universally agree that it's good. It's got a female lead, and they're not kicking off about it. It's incredible. <laughs> it's like a wonder of no, the universe yeah, right. at this point. Progress. <laughs> girls smell. Ooh, girls. Am I right, Candy? Am I right? Yeah, I do, actually. <laughs> uh, also at the Emmys this year, the animated Emmys, Chadwick Boseman won a posthumous uh, creative arts Emmy for his voice work on What If? Um looking at the people that he was against um yeah he, he's nailed it in that show i really liked it I really he's liked good in it because he, you definitely know it's him and he's yeah. playing a different role and he he was having fun with it despite everything that was happening in his uh real life so yeah he deserves it yeah it's really good i really like what if um seems yeah lot, i did a lot of people didn't seem to get on with it but i, I enjoyed it so and yeah it was nice to have Actually, Chadwick do the voice because there was a lot of characters that weren't voiced by the. <laughs> it was imitating voices, yeah, and mm. you could really tell mm. with some of them. <laughs> yeah, the, yeah. The, the Thor one was an imitator, wasn't it? it wasn't uh, Chris Hemsworth? Yeah, and Iron Man. Bigger Thor for the PS3 energy from that voiceover. <laughs> <laughs> <That's all right. laughs> uh, oh, oh, anyone want to uh, rag on some uh, crypto bros? Absolutely, always bring it on. Muse becomes the first act to top the UK charts with an NFT album. Fuck's sake. Ooh, Muse are now baddies. Stop <laughs> listening to Muse. Ah, uh, it's fucking broke my heart. I didn't realize they were doing this because I fucking love this new album. It's fucking brilliant, but. Yeah. Delete the album. Uh, well, I was listening on Spotify. I can't delete the album. Delete Spotify. I mean, that means surely you haven't purchased an NFT then if you just listen on Spotify. No, the, 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 oh, yeah, yeah, you're fine. The, the, they made 1,000 NFT versions of the album, which had. Weird custom artwork for each one, and so I, I don't get how it works. I like, don't, I don't understand how NFTs how work. It works. <laughs> I understand how NFTs work. I don't understand how an NFT album would work, and also why it would contribute to the charts. I don't understand why the the UK chart company. would I go, think that's just uh, creative headline work. There, it's like it's an album that also happens to have been released yes. as a series of NFTs has top number one, which is like. Not really saying much. It just was a matter of time before yeah. a very popular it's not album was also released with NFTs. No, it's mm. not. Yeah, but hey, you know what? Whatever makes people outraged about NFTs, because you know we're getting nostalgic for that now. It's been a couple of weeks since <laughs> you know, we've had that. You know, also, also weird, weird fact on that. It got to the top of the UK charts with only fifty thousand sales of the album. That seems really That's low. That's not a lot. I mean, I know because wow. the streaming. streaming though. Yeah. yeah. Just, I, just, I, I, I remember the days like when you know, like the darkness got to number one with their or number two with, with their first album with like nearly a million sales in a week. Yeah, <laughs> imagine, imagine that nowadays. Well, yeah, even, no. well, even like, Beyonce <laughs> put an album out recently, and she got to number one in the Billboard in the US with a hundred thousand. Think, hang on, it's fucking Beyonce. You'd think more than hundred thousand. Queen 000. B, watch no. your mouth. No, I'm saying you'd think more than a hundred thousand people would buy the album. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. Well, we're just living that age now. Physical media is dying. I, I bought one. Mm. No. Um, no I don't. A couple more stories. Uh, 
to round us off, Nirvana win lawsuit over the 1991 Nevermind album cover. US judges dismissed a man's lawsuit against Nirvana over the band's iconic uh, album cover in which showed him naked as a baby. Judge said he's left yeah. it too late to the claim and had... Because we were dining out on it for years. Yeah. <laughs> I was going I was, I was to say, mm. he, he used to go on to, hey, I'm the Nirvana baby, and that used to get him in places. Yeah. And now all of a sudden he turns around and goes, actually, no, this is abuse. It's like, no, you were fine with it when you could make a little bit of money out of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, just one last Wild. one. I don't know if anyone managed to catch any of the Taylor Hawkins gig last night, but uh, I just wanted to touch on that. Really, Foo Fighters give a, a lovely send off at Wembley Stadium. What was it? What was it streaming on? YouTube. Uh, it was on YouTube. YouTube and Paramount oh, Plus that, as well. I think. That's yeah. awesome. That's awesome. It'll still YouTube. be on YouTube. You'll be able to watch again. I actually, I missed most of it. I saw the last two songs, and I think I um. I got the best part of it. It was Taylor's son actually yeah. um, playing drums, and then they then Dave Grohl finished with Everlong. Was it? Yeah, yeah, Everlong. It is, yeah, yeah. Is this why I've seen clips of um, the guy who was in Eurovision with Brian May and Dave Grohl? Yeah, yeah, we'll stage yeah. together. Is that because of that? Yeah, I don't yeah. know the guy that was in Eurovision. They had um, like the blonde guy. Paul McCartney was there. Queen, ACDC. Of course, Paul McCartney was there. He's there for everything. Uh, Travis Clark played on the drums. Roger Taylor's son, but yeah, as Candy said, Hawkins' son played on for My Hero, which was That's lovely, really great. Yeah, mm. I'm gonna go back through and try and watch some of it because I, I did miss it. I missed some of it because of the wrestling. So I watched. Some, I watched some bits and pieces of it. That <laughs> everything was excellent, apart from, apart from. Josh Holmes singing Goodbye Yellow Brick Road. My God, that man should not be allowed near a microphone for anything other than Queens of the Stone Age songs. That was f- Why is Josh Holmes singing Elton John? Well, it's, it's completely so, different so, styles of singers. Yeah, so people were covering Taylor's favourite songs outside of the yeah, food yeah, yeah. stuff. I get that. And I get that is that. one of his favourite songs. So I don't know why they picked him to do it, but my <laughs> God, he cannot sing like that. <laughs> it was <laughs> dreadful. Elton John can't sing like that anymore. Oh, no. Elton John could barely sing like that at the time without the drugs. Um, <laughs> it, it, it was so bad, even the BBC threw shade at him for it. Wow. <laughs> They're always in oh, parts as well, Hunt like BBC. Kind of it. <laughs> oh yeah, I forgot you're not a big fan of Josh Holm, are you? Not at all. Uh, apparently, Brian May absolutely nailed it with Love of My Life, so I need to go back and watch that. Oh. Love Brian May. Is that the news then, That's sir? That's it. Compared to last week's, which went on for fucking ages, <laughs> we managed to skip it. <laughs> we did 45 minutes of news last week. Fantastic. So let's crack on with the segment of the show we call The Nexus, in which we discuss what we've been doing this past week or so, or in Kevin's case, his whole life. So, I mean, let's start as we mean to go on. Kevin, what have you been up to? For your well, life. I mean, most... My whole lot, I mean, uh, if that's how you want to structure the question, it may be a bit difficult because I'll just have to talk for an infinite time. But um, <laughs> I mean, very most recently, we were um, we were filming a special video project for the Attitude podcast, uh, which will hopefully be coming out in the next month or so, which uh, featured three hosts doing a video together for the first time, which... Uh, it was fun because we had to set up basically our downstairs room here as like kind of a mini studio because we wanted to do a multi-cam setup and Ooh. lots of lights and all that. So it uh, the house has been a, a little bit chaotic. So we were watching Clash of the Castle yesterday then with like, you know, 
you know, uh, ring lights all over the place and there being, you know, kind of a, a, there was like five phones filming at different points. So we had a lot of hot phones, basically. But uh, we we are just gearing up for our live show in uh, the London Podcast Festival, which will be in the middle of September. We've uh, we've sold that out, so no, you can't come. (laughs) But we have, unless you have your tickets, tickets are, of course, still valid. Uh, But we... We're getting ready for that. That'll be in the middle of the month. And after that, we're getting kicked off with our brand new season. We have kind of finished up uh, over the summer, our fourth season, which had a pandemic in the middle of it. So it ended up being a particularly long go at it. So, yeah, we're, uh, we're, we're moving on to Pastures Green, hopefully, in the new year. And, uh, I mean, on other podcasts, Cinema Swirl, we just did some uh, Rob Reiner goodness for The Princess Bride, which was... Oh, listen to that. Oh, I tell you what, like we just done Dumb and Dumber and Dumb and Dumber Two, and I was, oh my god, I, I felt like I had a hangover of like bad, bad movie brain after watching Dumb and Dumber Two. It was, it was, it was an awful time. Dumb so and Dumber Two, basically, is we're a like, crime. We're, oh, it is a literal crime against the people of Malaysia. They defrauded yeah. them. How dare they? Yeah, they did. How dare a movie that bad defraud a country? That's so horrible. <laughs> so you know, I've literally just been chain watching movies trying to get the bad taste out of my mouth, and it was like, right, we're doing Princess Bride, like it's the Love only it. way for it. So um, I watched North as well for the first time, which is Rob Reiner's alleged worst movie ever, and uh, it stars a young Elijah Wood as a nine-year-old boy who has a heart attack in the first five minutes, and it's a kids' movie. Woo-hey! I didn't, I didn't hate <laughs> so that. I didn't hate it. I, 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 think it might just be After Effects of uh, Dumb and Dumber Two still, but I think I was so <laughs> desperate for a laugh that I was like, "Yeah, I love North. I loved every. I loved the child having the heart attack. I loved the whole thing. It was, it was a great Sunday movie." And um, yeah, we're halfway through doing Shawn Michaels for How To Wrestling right now. So decided to split uh, Mr. Controversy, Shawn Michaels, into two parts. And, uh, <laughs> As you do. Part one is down. And it, it was heavy going, let's just say. It was, uh, but, you know, having a, having a hell of a lot of fun at the moment. I feel very lucky going into the winter that I'm hitting a lot of like my favorite kind of themes and topics in the podcast that I'm doing. So... Uh, yeah, I, I'm 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 plugging away in the world of podcasting, folks, as per usual. That's the job. Yeah, that's the job. Why not? Why, why wouldn't you do that it? That is my job. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> that's why we got you on. <laughs> excellent, excellent. Um, Thank you. Because I was going to touch Go on. on it anyway, but you've obviously watched Class of the Clash at the Castle. Yeah, go for it. What were your thoughts on it? I mean, I thought it had a lot kind of going for it in terms of it just. It felt like really nice to see uh, a city outside of America, other than in the kingdom of Saudi Arabia, mm-hmm. get the full WWE kind of experience and treatment. I know a lot of people who live down in Cardiff. I have friends who live there. And they're all like, even some who aren't WWE fans were just absolutely blown away by like what like a, a cool print to put on the city for the, for the time it was there. Uh, in terms of like a show itself, I thought it looked really amazing. I thought it had probably one of my favorite matches I've seen all year in Walt in sorry Gunther versus Sheamus. Oh, it was Old incredible. habits. It was, will, it was will, so good. Exactly. It was, and I mean, I'm looking. You know, obviously we're recording this just before All Out's going to be on later tonight, and I'm excited for every single match on that card. And I still think I was more excited about Sheamus and Gunther, and I still thought that over delivered. There's something about seeing that type of a match with a guy like Sheamus, who is the most WWE guy you can imagine, in front of, like, I've seen, you know, Gunther live when he does that whole act with 100 people in the room, and it's very 
scary and it's quite an experience. You think that could never work with like a big stadium. And it did. Mm. Um, I will say the end of the show, though, is one of the most bizarre goddamn things <laughs> so I've weird, ever seen in it? my life. What the fuck? I, I, I have... It, I don't know how they managed to to end a big WrestleMania type show that they were that was what they were hoping for, and they managed to get the vibe of like a sad birthday party that went on a bit too long. <laughs> and there's just two people at the end, and they're one song away from tears. And I was like, <laughs> some of Drew McIntyre going, "It didn't work out, but let's party!" And, uh, and I went on Twitter, and there were people I saw, and they were like, "Oh, we will never forgive them for this. This is they had a moment, and they've they've ruined it forever." Like it left a bad taste in some people's mouth. That, uh, but I think that maybe that stands that people got into it. They wanted to see Drew win in his home country I of Wales. You know, uh, they were. In th- it would have been nice, but I think as someone who spent a lot of his time professionally watching UK exclusive pay per views. It became apparent that it was more of a UK exclusive pay-per-view yes, than the big, you know, SummerSlam 92 iconic show that stands the test of time. It was a good WWE show, but I think that it was a little bit more concerned about the fans in the ring than putting on a, an iconic pay-per-view, you know, television event, whatever. Yeah, because I, I just the way that they advertised it, I thought they were going to treat it like a normal pay-per-view, but as you said, it, it became apparent mm. that it was very much just like your old typical like 2000s UK pay-per-views, which I, yeah. I've been to a couple of them and not like none of the titles ever changed hands. It was always the same yeah. people who, who won. <laughs> Do you mean like, like when, like when house, they used to go like to like show. Sheffield yeah. Arena and stuff like that? See, no, they're like the I've house shows that where you, they don't get televised. They used to in the, in the 2000s, or specifically like early. Yeah. They do. It would be classed as a UK pay per view. So it'd be one you had to like buy on. Yeah, Sky. be on Sky Box Office yeah. or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And yeah they yeah, treat yeah. it like it's a pay per view, but, but nothing, nothing of consequence yeah. would happen, you know. And the end would be the same. It'd be Stone Cold Steve Austin singing Oasis at the end instead. Is the only difference. That's, it would be, that's when know, I went to see him. He did that when I went to see. That's exactly what he did. <laughs> so I've just looked it up. Looked up like what happened because I I don't watch wrestling and all that. So I, but I do like when Stick talks about it to find. The out of context description on Wikipedia for what happens at an event because it's Wild, usually it? hilarious. So this is the very last sentence of of the the main event for this. During the match, Austin Theory ran out and attempted to cash in his Money in the Bank contract, but professional boxer and UK native Tyson Fury, who was in the front row, knocked him out. That was After great. The match Fury helped McIntyre up, assuring him he did well. The two led the crowd into some songs. <laughs> Fucking mental. <laughs> it was so weird. That's wrestling. Yeah. But I, I mean, I, wrestling's weird in general, but that's really fucking I, weird. I listened to... It was like a fever dream. It was incredible. <laughs> I, I listened to uh, Post Wrestling's um, uh, review of today, and one of the people who said, oh, I was at the event, he said, after the event, Tyson Fury and McIntyre did this, and they just started laughing, because they're like, that wasn't after the event, we all saw it no. on TV. Yeah. It was like they forgot to it was stop embarrassing. recording. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. It was like a mistake or something. Yeah. yeah. Someone's going, get off the air. I can't find the button. <laughs> yeah. Right then, uh, let's move on to someone that's definitely not been watching the wrestling uh, last night. Candy. Well, do you know what? This to. week, I've, I've started a lot She's of She's going to prove me wrong now and say, yeah, I watch wrestling. Imagine. Yeah, no, I can guarantee I haven't been watching it. Um, no, I started right. a lot of things that I don't really want to talk about yet. I did watch one. I, I saw another fucking absolute stinker this week. Um, you keep doing this to yourself for Firestarter. I told you. I told you it was bad. I, no, did. I I, I did. didn't fully comprehend just how bad it was. Like I was hoping 
So this is the one starring Zac Efron and no one else. Um, <laughs> Just him on his own. One man piece. Might as well have been. <laughs> Yeah, there, there was just no real redeeming features. Although I, I don't like Stig said, there was no reason for me to go into it thinking it would be good. But I thought, you know, it's I like horror films. I can't like the original was okay. I'll see what they did. And the, the original wasn't okay. It was okay. I mean, for its time, it was okay. It was. It's never one of Stephen King's A list listers. It wasn't Carrie. You know, it wasn't The Shining. I thought I'd give it a punt. Um, mercifully, it's only 90 minutes long, and that's the best I can say about it. And, yeah, I mean, just the acting, it was just fucking, it was so bad. There was a police, this lady who's meant to be sort of the chief of police, and she comes in giving it all, like, she goes all gangster. It's like the most unprofessional <laughs> chief of police you could possibly imagine. Um, and it's set She's shooting with the side of the gun like this. <laughs> I mean, I don't remember that happening, but I wouldn't be surprised looking. But I think I tuned, sort of tuned out towards the end of it. But I mean, it was it was my own fault. Like I was warned. I was hoping it was going to do that that thing where it becomes so bad, it becomes spectacularly good, and it just it just does it, no. It just tastes disgusting <laughs> in my mouth to even speak about it. So I'm going to stop. Another great review for the YouTube's there, gadget. Oh yeah, yeah, we'll get loads <laughs> of hits for that one. <laughs> Anything else? Nope, that's me. You just watched Firestarter. Fantastic, fantastic. Oh, Gadget, I, I, what you've been up to? You're going to have to put that one in the pod art, aren't you? Yeah, that's why I'm writing it down. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's, it, it's been a bit of a quiet week because I started a new job this week, but there, there's been a couple of things I've been doing. Uh, I, I'm about halfway through a book at the minute, which is, well, everyone should really look into. It's called uh, Kings of a Dead World. Uh, oh. And for the life of me, I can't remember who the name of the author is. Operation is key. I know, I know, but I just remembered uh, Jamie Mullart. Uh, he's a Br- British author. It's a, a slightly, um, a, a slightly too on the nose, um, nineteen eighty four post uh, pre apocalypse dystopia kind of thing. Uh, basically, the idea is the the, the, <sighs> the world has run out of resources. Um, so, like now, worse worse than now. Although apparently this <laughs> is the direction that we're going on. Um, so what the what the United Government of the world decides to do. Is everyone becomes sleepers? So you, so you, everyone gets all this, these pods put in the house. You go in, you are put in a hibernation for three months at a time. You come out, you're allowed to be awake for a month, and you go to sleep. So you're not draining everything while you're yeah. While you're um, and then there it's are all the electricity. Who, yeah, apart from all the electricity. <laughs> and then there are there are these people who who don't hibernate who um, are called janitors who basically they. They act like stockbrokers. They they trade with other areas for like resources throughout the time of the sleep. When the people wake up, they're then assigned them an amount of credits. There is food in in the shops and all that kind of thing. And it's fucking bleak. It's really fucking bleak. It's brilliant though. It's very very good. That means you love it then. You oh, like love it. those, those <laughs> bleak ones. Love a bit of bleakness. Um. Uh, what else? After finish finishing Sekiro, uh, I had no idea what to play, so I've gone back to Persona Five. And um, I f- f- forgot how kind of slightly noncy the game that is. Sounds bleak too. Yeah, it, it gets bleak in places where, where you've got a kind of. A, I like how you described it as noncy. It's it, it, it's a bit noncy. It's it's a, it's a lot noncy. Yeah, I'm only about a third of the a third of the way through the game. Only on the third um, palace, so I think it could it has the potential to get a lot noncier. Which, no, it's quite front. It's quite front loaded that game. <laughs> front loaded with nonsense. Um, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, that could have been such a good title, but I'm not going to put that as an episode title. No, um, <laughs> no. 
Well, it's it aside from aside from the the questionable morals of a lot of things. It's still a really fun game. I really I really enjoy the kind of the mix of the exploring the palaces with the kind of traditional Final Fantasy style gameplay with and the kind of almost visual novel life sim stuff that you do in between it. Um, yeah. and the characters are still fun. Um, yeah. They are nice people, aren't they? Then the, the well, the are you are you listening to the English dub or the Japanese dub? I'm listening. I'm listening to the English dub just mostly because there's a lot of dialogue to read. So sometimes it's there nice is. to be able to just like look away from the screen and listen to them talking. That's uh, understandable. I, I I found some of the English dub actors a bit too much for my taste. Well, like Ryuji. So if you do get if yeah, if you do get fed up of them, just slap the Japanese one on. It's 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 still it's still really really good. Um, but yeah, the uh, I guess the main thing I want to talk about is the fact that I've been learning to draw and doing artwork recently. Um, it's been going on for a few weeks, but I kind of figured I had a quiet week. But I have been doing something um, this week, which I'm uh, in the middle of, and I'm quite proud of. But basically, about a month ago, or just over a month ago, I bought a Surface Pro because I'm a dick and I like spending money on toys. Um, yeah, you do. But I got it with the with the pen, and I thought, you know, what would be a nice thing to do? I've always wanted to learn how to draw, so mm-hmm. I, I got the Surface Pen with it, and I bought a license for Photoshop, and I've been learning how to draw. And I'm not very good yet. I'm working on it. Can't. I was about. I thought you were going to say I'm selling my art. Well, the idea <laughs> is I do want to be able to sell it because I'm going to get into this, and we'll go into our subject later. So I'll explain that bit later. NFTs, but, yeah. No, fuck off. I'm not going to destroy the world for the sake of four pounds from a dickhead. Um, <laughs> but I'm really enjoying the process then. of learning how to draw. Photoshop is a dick. Absolutely horrible program to use at the best of times. But I enjoy just the, the, the sitting down there. I've got the telly on or a podcast on. And I've got my Surface in my lap and I've got me, me pen. And I'm just doodling and drawing and finding shit to do. I've done a couple of pieces. I've done like a couple of like scored sheep concept art pieces that in like a... Um, like a flat art style. I did a bit of Sekiro fan art, and I'm currently working on... I. So this this week, I'm recording the mid-season special of Score Cheap with some guests, not with you lot. Okay. Um, And I decided I want it for the boss fight. I'm going to hand-draw the map for it. It's going to be an entirely original map, not using like the templates or the tools that I use normally. I'm drawing the map for it. Uh, Just explaining this to Kevin, it's a D&D podcast. We also do a D and D podcast. <laughs> it, it's not a cartography podcast. No. <laughs> but yeah, so so n- normally when I do the maps for for, for score sheep, it's um, I, I use a tool called Incarnate or Dungeon Draft to build the dungeons, uh, and it's all it's all assets people have put in there and kind of programmatical stuff to build their dungeons. But I've always preferred the idea of drawing them by hand because they always yeah. look better and they always look more original. So that's what I'm doing. I'm going to give it a try for this one shot. And give it a try, giving them a map that has come exactly from my brain and my hand and nowhere else. So, yeah, I'm really awesome, mate. I'm really enjoying doing digital art. And like while we're talking now, I'm actually downloading Photoshop onto my main PC. Candy suggested I get a drawing tablet, which I'll probably spend some money on at some point soon, and like be able to do stuff from <sighs> up here because the surface gets really fucking hot when you do it. <laughs> you guys and your disposable income. I know, right? <laughs> nice when you don't have kids when you just have cats to feed. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Sometimes as bad as cats. It's from, kids, what, sorry. from what you've been sending me, though, Gadget, you're doing really, really well. Yeah, I thought that. I thought that. I think some of the stuff you've you've done is lovely. To say you've not really done it before. Mm. But I got I got put mm, off. This is this is the sob story point because I got put off doing art when I was in school because I had one of those very classical art teachers. Because I went to a posh, mm. unfortunately went to a posh school, which was very annoying. Because the art teacher, 
the art teacher wanted you to do things in a certain way, and you had to do case a posh studies. school in the northeast. Yeah, I didn't know there was one. It went. It were named after the Queen, Queen Elizabeth High oh. School. Um, oh, right. Used to be a grammar school, so it's got. It had a lot of grammar school kind of vibes to it. Uh, but yeah, yeah. The, the art teacher had been there for like ten thousand years. He was practically fused to his desk. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And he basically wanted classical styles. You know, you had to use the proper proper tools. It had to be oils. It couldn't be watercolors. It all had all this kind of shit. And the stuff I wanted to do was kind of like weird, kind of conceptual landscapes or kind of odd stuff. And he was like, "No, no, 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 do portraits." Like I don't know how to. He draw didn't want people. the nerd in his class. That's his didn't want the nerd. Thing. He didn't. Didn't want the nerd. Yeah. So yeah. So uh, unless you could do expressionism or portraits to a photorealistic degree, he wasn't interested in you. So he just told me. I, I would... remember that at school. It was all in art. It was like draw a hand. I don't want to draw a hand. I'm not bothered about drawing <laughs> yeah. a fucking hand. But because I didn't want to draw what he wanted me to, he was just like, "Oh, you're terrible at art. Go off and do something else." It was like, I never did art after that. Um, you could have said it's subjective, sir. Yeah. But now yeah. I've got grown-up money. I can waste and I can learn how to art. <laughs> You carry on that dream, mate. Yes. Excellent. Thank you very much. So we'll move on to me. Um, I've been playing um, two computer games, guys. I'm not known to do that, so I thought I'd do it. What do you mean, Kenny? Barely play games. Kenny Gamer Boy 22. Yeah, that's the guy. Um, I've played a game that, first, what I want to chat about, a game that everyone in our Discord has just been sucking its dick, really. It's best best way best way to say it. <laughs> best way to put it. Uh, a game called Inscription. Um, if you say bad things about this, I'm going to kick you off this podcast. It's a card-based escape room game type thing. Yeah, It's very hard to categorise. And I'm sorry to say this gadget, but I adore it. Excellent. I think... I think it's probably one of one of the most original games I've played in the last decade. Mm, yeah, absolutely. By a long stretch. I think it's sensitive. Really sens- oh, it's it's just so good. And it's so cheap as well. It's like it cost me like fifteen quid. And I've got so many hours out of it already. I've not even finished it yet. But for people that don't know, basically you start off and this uh, these eyes at the back of the room force you to play a game of um like a tabletop rpg card based it's it, it's kind of it's kind of derived a little bit from magic the gathering it's kind of got a, that's that's a little bit that same kind of like action and attack kind of values to your cards yeah a bit like hearthstone and stuff like yeah. that the classics the classics but it's really simple it's not overcomplicated. there's not a billion cards you don't have to deck build it does it all automatically for you in a, in a fashion and it does the cr- the craziest twist, and I, it's not really a spoiler because everyone knows it does it in the trailers. You can get up, you can get up from the table, mm-hmm. and you can walk around, and you can find out why you're in this log cabin with a scary, just a scary guy staring at you, and and questioning why you're looking at that clock and stuff like that, and why you're trying to solve that, and and you find cards in little puzzles around the uh, the cabin and they talk to you it's weird this is like he's trapped the souls in the cards or something along yeah, those lines I think there's four cards with personalities and like so, yeah. so, some some of them are really eager to get going one, one of them's fucking miserable one of them tells yeah. you off every time you try to play him <laughs> the, the, the stoat the stoat yeah the, the stoat's a miserable yeah. little shit <laughs> he doesn't like life no but yeah it's just a really really solid card game in itself it didn't have to do the the extra stuff it does and 
the extra stuff it does just pushes it even further in, in oh, I think it's sensational and it, I'm playing it on PlayStation 5 which you don't re- you shouldn't really play card games on a PlayStation or with a pad at all to be honest it's it's not what it's built for but it does the impeccable thing of making it work yeah. perfectly I don't know how it does it it's I, I genuinely I haven't finished it yet but it's a, it's a stone cold 10 out of 10 I I just think it's sensational as soon as you finish it, text me your thoughts because I desperately want to know what you think of the ending. I've got to, I've got to the last, the last uh, quote unquote boss, but it's just um, the random number generator is not in my favour. And the last few times, I've, but it's such a pleasure trying to get back to it and carry on and and realise these bosses that you're struggling on, you're just smashing them now. You're kicking oh, it's, them it's, yeah, it's, it's great when you can stomp through them when you when you've learned what their moves are going to be, what their openers are going to be, so you know which cards to put down first. And and how to deal with them quickly. I think I remember doing the uh, the uh, the the angler in yeah. like th- my record doing him before I finished it was like three turns because I, because yeah, I, I, had, did him, I did him in four turns the other day because I had like the right cards lined up. Like I, I got him the first turn using the pliers to pull me teeth out. Trust me, that means yeah. something in context. Um, it does. <laughs> and then I had just the right cards to absolutely fucking nail them in the in the second round. It was just like mm, yeah, fuck you, angler. I just I just think it's. <laughs> I think it's best in class, really, and it's oh yeah, absolutely. I, 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 whatever these guys do next, I'm I'm all over it. But it's it's it's, just, it's it's one lad, it's one bloke, one bloke, yeah, doing all that. Yeah. <sighs> wow. Look, I, I'm 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 29 years old, and I haven't You're even fucking done that yet. And <laughs> <laughs> the rest, on the rest. <laughs> Okay, I, I, I am however old I am, and I've not achieved anything towards that kind of greatness. It, it's just sensational. But the other game I want to talk about, and one of the big hotnesses of, of, of the month, uh, I'm playing, I'm playing still, The Last of Us Part 1. It's back. Mm-hmm. It's back, and it's 70 quid. <laughs> so <laughs> off the bat, let me, just, let, me just pref- yeah, let me just preface this. This is the same game we got in 2013, I think. Is it 2013? Yeah, 2013 it came out. Yeah, yeah, the year my son was born. Um, and it doesn't feel like it's that game anymore. It's, whatever they've done, the modernization of it, it works. And like, Gadget, you watched me stream it for a bit, didn't you? And you yeah. said, this is how I remember it looking. Yeah. It's not. It's not. <laughs> Trust me. It, it didn't used to look like it looks now. It's 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 one of those things. Like I, I can see the difference when people put up like the comparison photos of it. Yeah. But I think because I haven't played it for like three or four years now, like looking at you playing it, just like it's The Last of Us. It looks like The Last of Us. Mm-hmm. You know. Hmm. 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 It is. It's the remake is the wrong word. It should be re remaster. Do you forget mm-hmm. what I mean? Because they remastered it already and they brought yeah. it out again. But Again, I got this for one pound. That's the reason why I, I own this game because I did a Facebook raffle and I won some PlayStation credit for a pound. So I thought I'd get it. And for a pound, I think this is a solid again, like like the original ten out of ten. For seventy quid, <clears throat> you have to substantially knock that score <laughs> way back down. Or oh, what about the because people the, who paid hundred pounds for those special editions that are getting wrecked? Oh, I saw that. Well, that, that's fucking tragedy. That is tragedy. Yeah. yeah, tragic. But it's still one of the greatest games ever made. Do you, regardless of what you think, it's not like when they keep re 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 releasing Skyrim, and it's still crap. 
Hey. Whoa now. Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm just just doing a bit of fishing there. Did, 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 this... you, did you see that Angry Joe for his review of it re-uploaded his uh, remastered review? <laughs> <laughs> he just uploaded the same video again with re-remastered in the title. <laughs> That's what it should be. It's not a re- I mean, the quality of life stuff they've done on it, you notice it. Everything's smoother. Everything, like... There's slight tweaks to the uh, gunplay and the aiming. Um, there's also the accessibility in this is probably the most accessible game I've ever played in my life. You can literally have it on like one button mode, which is just I think the, sec- that's I think sensational, the second one it? did that. I think they've yeah, bought all it? the stuff that they, they had in the second they've, they've <clears throat> put into this one as well. Yeah. It, it makes it like color blind or shade blind or any kind of. Um, sight problems you've got that you can even play it technic- technically and I, I couldn't imagine how easy it but you can play it if you're blind because it's got description mode complete description mode and that I mean that must be an experience I'd, lo- I'd love to watch someone do that but I don't know any completely blind streamers it's I t- not a thing at the moment I tell, what, I tell you what why don't we blindfold you put some headphones on you and see how far you get yeah well, we could do because I am I am because obviously I've played it before I'm playing it on um the hardest difficulty to get the actual most out of it. I, do you know those four bullets I had on that stream gadget? You still got them. Still got them. <laughs> still got them. I'm, I'm like, I'm like eight hours in now. I've still got those four bullets I got from the beginning of the game because I'm playing it as if I were playing it. If I was, if I was Joel. Oh, he's gone I full role play. Fi- yeah, I wouldn't be firing shots because you're giving yourself away. And like, you, if you get it, it, rather than like. Get, you know when you get your scrap and stuff, and you can yeah. you can uh, craft things. I'm crafting shivs and stuff that's more to do with like I'm b- throwing bottles, so the enemies go towards them, and I'm just escaping. I'm just leaving rather than like when I used to play it originally on the PS3. I'm just fighting everything. Yeah, just fight everything. Right, you've you got can do nine it in normal mode. You can do really, can't you? Yeah, yeah. This is it's making me take so much longer, and like <clears throat> Ellie can be killed and stuff like that. Which is it's not something that she couldn't be killed last time, and if she ran in front of an enemy, they didn't even notice her. Now they do. <laughs> I always thought that was really, so, really funny when you were sneaking around in like a clicker area, and Ellie's like running yeah, from she's place just to running place. Running around. <laughs> that happened to me. I was like hiding behind this. Uh, it's like in a kitchen behind like a breakfast bar thing, and I'm and I'm like that. Yeah. Sure. And the AI for Ellie, she's just running round around it. And yeah. the enemy's walking down, do the, it down the hall, doesn't notice her, turns around and walks the other way, and she's just there running around in a they circle. Do the, like... They do the clever thing of nearly most encounters. He didn't do it in the original because I've double-checked. He'll go, Ellie, stay back. And she does. So, you've, do you know what I mean? And then I know it's you've, you've got to suspend your disbelief. She'll appear at the end of the encounter next to you. Yeah. This, I'd rather that. I'd rather that. Wherever she was hiding, she was doing really well at it. And, yeah, it's just... The the models and like like you said, gadget the um the lip syncing still not what you'd expect, and it's not no, it's not the best thing about it. But especially considering how good the lip syncing was in part two. Yeah, like when when you play with the photo mode that's in it now, and let's say you're squeezing or, or you're, you're drawing back the bow, and you're going photo like Joel's face is like really drawing back a bow, and it's just, I don't know, it's just the immersion immersion about it, and like all all the um posters and stuff they're not all blurred messes and everything's just the fidelity is just it's sensational and it's got in oh it's got a, it's got five exclusive podcasts on it that you can listen to while you're playing the game 
about the actual game, and it's got an, a, a director's commentary from the beginning of the game, even all the way up to the end, where Neil Druckmann cool. just talks about the whole thing throughout. I think I'll still wait for it to hit PS Plus. Yeah, I'm not, yeah, I'm, yeah. It's seventy quid. Yeah, I can't. Cool. I, that's yeah. the problem. It's a ten out of ten game that I cannot recommend to anyone. <laughs> <laughs> Because it's so expensive, and the remaster, the original remaster, you get a, does the job. I say you can get it for a tenner. It's still, a, yeah. It's despite the liquor paint it's still on it, stunning. It's, it's still a 2013 game, but it's still a stunning game. Yeah, yeah, it is. And uh, uh, like, I remember on the previews, I said, "Oh, it does all the things that the second that Last of Us Two does." It doesn't. You can't prone and stuff like. That. You can't crawl through the through the the grass and stuff. You still there's still the stupid moments. The the game. Moments where Ellie can't swim, so you've got to get her an identical raft. It doesn't matter where, which which state you are in the country. There's always an identical raft somewhere. There's still those moments, but I don't know. It's still brilliance and excellence rolled into one. But seventy quid, don't do it. No. Do not do it. You will be disappointed. I mean, I'm looking at Candy. It looks like she's already bought it. No, I've got no interest really. I played oh, the God, remaster and it was it was fine. Do you know what? Last of Us has just never really been one of my favourite games. You didn't um, like the second one, did you? No, but not because I didn't enjoy playing it. Um, I just found the, the the intro, well, the intro, that scene are just a little bit too much, and it sort of put me off it. Yeah. Um, yeah. But the game itself, like the game to play, I, I just don't find that fun. I'd be quite happy to just watch a, um, just watch it on TV on YouTube. Somebody doing a playthrough. Oh, the will, HBO show coming soon. soon. <laughs> yep. Yep. <laughs> but yeah, it, again, again. I mean, my final thoughts on it: it's a ten out of ten game that I can't recommend to anyone. So make of that what you will. So uh, let's move on finally to Stig. And I, I know you want to talk about something that a lot of us can jump into. Uh, yes. Well, first up, obviously I watched the, the wrestling. I really enjoyed that. I'll be watching AEW. I have to wait till tomorrow night, unfortunately. Um, but I'm looking forward to that. But I just wanted to quickly touch on She-Hulk, Attorney at Law. I caught up with that this Ooh. week. I really, really like this. Really enjoying I it. I do. I, I still think that the TV is the best stuff in Phase Four. Like, it is. It is way better. Than everything the they've done, bar Falcon the Winter Soldier, is completely different to the, the the films, and it's kind of they're all different genres and they're all pe- different genres. Yeah, pieces. it's kind of mm. telling that that's the show I like the least, and yet it's the one that follows the formula of the films yeah, the most. Even though, you know, yeah. everyone knows I'm a huge, massive fan of them, but I just haven't really been into this phase in terms of the films. But the TV, I, I've, I'm loving it. And again, this show is just, it's completely different to anything they've done in the films. Uh, I really like uh, Tati, uh, Tatiana Maslany as uh, Jennifer Walters. Um, and just the comedy, it just hits for me. I like that she isn't just another version of the Hulk. She has her own character, her own personality. Um and it's sexy. <laughs> I know you like the big uh, green woman. <laughs> it's it's very did, sexy. Did, did, did you almost faint at the twerking scene? <laughs> yeah mate. Stig told me to stay behind for the uh the after credits because he knows i I'm, I'm one of those people that just run off. Uh ooh, I'm glad I stayed behind. <laughs> But yeah, love that big giant giant test. Yeah, the fourth wall breaking's done really well. Um, it's not, you know, you see a lot of people online and go, "No, it's just they're just copying Deadpool." Obviously, they're not, they're not because <laughs> She Hulk did it a long time before Deadpool. I think the complaints that people are having about the way she's presented are ridiculous as well because 
read the comics, look at the comics. It's exactly mm. how our character is in the comics. Um, yep. It's the typical people. You know who they are that are complaining and trying to... Oh, we know who they are. Yeah, kick up a stink about it. Um, but yeah, it's in general, I'm really, really liking it. And, and I kind of think it's one of those shows that you could, you could keep this completely separate to the MCU. She wouldn't have to be in a film. You could... This could run for four or five series where they just bring Leave in it on its own, yeah. superheroes yeah. and she has to deal with their uh, problems yeah. as, a, as a lawyer. Like she's, she's the person that has to deal with all the crap that's, that's being caused by superheroes or beings. Like you know, in the recent episode, there's like an elf in there and stuff like that. And it's really cool. And also it's showing as well that Wong is this phase is Nick Fury. He clearly is like the Nick Fury of this phase because he's just he's popped up again in this show. Like he keeps popping up yeah. everywhere, and that was. And really she makes crazy. a comment on it as well. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's so good. It's so clever. Yeah, yeah. again, it just it's hitting right for me. Um, I like that they actually did some courtroom stuff as well. This oh, it's not just you know, like you said, a sort of rehash of all the action. It just doesn't take itself too seriously, really. I think the people that are going into it thinking it's going to be like this integral part of this phase and everything and probably looking at it the wrong way. It's just, it's just a bit of fun. Yeah. I think that's yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I think some, I think some people just expect her to be smashing everything. And it's like, that'd be, yeah. that'd be boring. I mean, we've even got to the point now where even Hulk himself, he's not a smasher anymore. He, he finds it. Um, what does he, what does he say on uh, Endgame? Egregious. Yeah. He <laughs> do, doesn't like the I, old Hulk. I do want the old Hulk to appear at some point, though. I do want... I, I want them at some a point... A rampager. ...where he can't control it. He's lost control, and we do have a bit of a rampager. So... Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think well, I think it would be nice to have the Hulk go on a rampage and She-Hulk having to defend him in court. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I mean... We, it is nice to see... pretty much nice happens in Tim episode Roth. three. So, it does, yeah. But, it's nice to see Tim Roth having... Fucking real heck of a time there. He's enjoying himself so much. Yeah, yeah. he's just chewing, chomping, chomping on that scene. Oh, is, he, is he the bad I guy like in this him. one? Is he? No, 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 <laughs> no he's not. <laughs> That's what's good about it. No, he's not. Uh, it's it's just so it's just so special. It's and people saying I'm bored of the MCU stuff. How can you be bored of every single genre going? It's bored, bored it's got something films. for everyone. Yeah, you don't have to watch everything. That's the thing. Yeah, yeah. I'm pick and choose is the best thing with MCU stuff. Always, exactly. Yeah. You can skip stuff, like which absolutely skip things you're not interested in. Just pick out the the little nuggets that you do like. And this is this this like series is playing on stuff like um, Law and Order and Criminal Minds and stuff like that. It's just it's fun. Yeah, it's, it's just, just it's fun. It's the best word to describe it is fun. And I said the fourth wall breaking stuff is spot on and perfect. There is a moment, and what sort of it is, where she breaks a fourth wall in episode three, and it's great. I, I, what she says to you is just it's brilliant. Yeah, she's saying it to me actually, mate. She's talking to me. No, they're just the voices <laughs> in your head. <laughs> Oodles, uh, go take a cold shower. Yeah, but um. I think I know that myself, Oodles, and Gadget have watched this this week. I'm not sure if uh, you two have as well, but I obviously watched the new Lord of the Rings show, The Rings of Power. And not mm-hmm. seen it yet, unfortunately. No, I'm uh, very excited to watch it though. It looks it's it looks intriguing. Uh, we'll be discussing it spoiler free. Yeah, we, no, no spoilers, but just 
it look it's incredible. I, I, it's I fucking really, <laughs> really, really liked it. And you can tell that this had seven hundred million pounds spent on dollars spent <laughs> on it because it is the best looking TV show I have ever seen in my life. It's up there with wow. just top of the range it, films. Like it is so good. It looks better than it looks better than some billion dollar films. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think I, that's I, I, I think so as well. It manages to hold the visual style of what Peter Jackson laid down for the films, but it's still doing its own thing. There are some twists on the themes, but like yeah. where you get the you know the, the that the prologue to it, where you see the Undying Lands, like we've never seen that oh. in the Lord of the Rings thing before, and it was fucking spectacular. And it was just fields in a tree, but it looked so <laughs> it good. Was straight, it was straight out of the books that I've read. It, oh yeah, it looks yeah. like how high I, I imagine that they'd look. The, this is there's, there's a reverence to this that you don't get in a lot of shows, and Al Bezos must have actually opened his wallet for this one because oh I oh <laughs> big time <laughs> he's gone go on it is a blank check do what do what you want we need to beat Game of Thrones and there's a good chance they're good <laughs> yeah yeah they're mine yeah but I I don't want to compare the two I see people going oh I prefer House of the Dragon to this yeah I'm one's for adults that. one's not and, but they just they're comp- the the only thing that's similar is they're set in fantasy world in terms of story I, and tone and everything else they're completely different one is a pillar yeah, a lot of the rings is a family family film isn't it family show in a way the thing yeah, is but- though, when when you're talking about f- fantasy you i think it's almost the reason you do you do go to compare it to lord of the rings is lord of the rings set the way for so many like it was a springboard for so many fantasy things and even if they do things completely different people are always going to look back and compare it to that because that's kind of what kicked it off and that's what we yeah. get a lot of the ideas, like the strong kind of fantasy elements from. Yeah, that's where Dungeons and Dragons came from. Well, it's a, it's a our conception of dwarves, elves, and orcs all came from Lord of the Rings. Like every yeah. fantasy property since has used that template. Yeah, like everything yeah. everything in fantasy goes back to Lord of the Rings. Yeah, but what yeah. what I mean really is that you don't have to go. Or I didn't realize. Yeah, you don't Lord have to the compare the two. I, I prefer mm. House of the Dragon or vice versa. They're completely no. Diff- House of Dragons a political yeah. a political fantasy yeah. epic. With dragons. And Lord of the Rings is an adventure epic. Mm. But yeah, the, the, that's the difference. The first the first episode very exposition heavy, um, very elven heavy, but it just looks amazing. The second episode I thought was where it really kicked up again. Mm, it starts yeah. to get in- so introduce good. some more people, more things. There's a few questions like there already for you to ponder over, and I just, I really, really loved it. And it, I, I'm kind of back into that m- mode where I like a weekly release, so we can talk about it weekly and we can discuss it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I love that. But I also I want that. more of this now. <laughs> <laughs> it's it, 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 it's doing well at, at like presenting situations that are kind of contained within the episode, but also giving you questions as to like, as you know, trying to find out what uh, gives you questions to keep asking about what's going to happen next. Like, um, I think the the big one for me was kind of um, the, the, the the scene on, on the raft um, in the second episode. And like, you know, you get a lot of this conversation between Galadriel and Hallbrand. It's like, but who is Hallbrand to this? He's given been giving a lot of screen time here for someone to be just an extra for an episode. You know, like there's just something important about him. It's just like, what the... Unless what? you already know the law. <laughs> Unless you know the law, but yeah, yeah. it's like... Um, and also, like, you know, the inclusion of characters like uh, like Arondir. I really like mm-hmm. Arondir. Because uh, he, he was the one when all the trailers come, oh, no, you can't have a dark-skinned elf. Like, 
fuck off, you can. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> well, I, I like there how even, he's, there, he's, there were dark skin elves in the books yeah, way back then. The way he's playing it, he's playing it exactly the way he should for that character, and he's he's perfect yeah. for the role. I just, yeah. I really like it. It's so good. Yeah. Took me way too long it's to uh, realise that was Lenny Henry, though. Way too long. Yeah. <laughs> You're not used yeah, to well. seeing him with white mutton chops, that's why. No, no. He's <laughs> good. He's good. Yeah, as, he's very he's good. good. He's good as one of the half. He's also ups. speaking yeah. in an Irish accent as well. That doesn't help. Yeah, he's not brummy. I, I, I think it's I'd good. like to do a, once this is over, a, a podcast about it all. Um, yeah, we can't really we can't really talk about much about it now because there's only two episodes in. We don't want to spoil it for anyone, but suffice to say, I'm in. I loved it. I think oh, it in. looks incredible. I'm in. I think it takes, like Gadget said, it takes what Jackson did and just expands on it, but without cop not in the way he did with the Hobbit. Without copying it, yeah. 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 My, the only reservations <laughs> that I had about it was that obviously because they're telling a story in the second age. They wanted. They had characters who would have been alive then, but they basically recast Galadriel and Elrond, um, yeah. and that was the only thing I was worried about. Like um, uh, Morfith Clark, who plays Galadriel, she fucking looks like Kate Blanchett. She sounds like Kate Blanchett. She's so she fucking does. like you get those close-up shots of her eyes, and it's just like, is that Kate Blanchett? <laughs> <laughs> and the guy, the guy that plays Elrond, is the guy that played young Ned Stark in Game of Thrones. Yeah, uh, Rob- in the flashbacks. Yeah, what's his name? Robert. He's just called young Ned Stark. That's his no, name. no, 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 no. The, no, the actor's Aramea. name. Real name. Aramea. <laughs> Aramea, That's it. Yeah, he's really he's good. He's really good. And again, he's kind of nailing that Hugo Weaving vibe. Yeah. The thing is, I mean, elves do age, so the, you can get away with them being younger actors. Well, yeah, but it's well, they do that's, age, that's but very, very slowly. Yeah, my, centuries. I, um, my favorite character was pretty, Millennia. Much Durin, though, he was great. Oh, Durin's amazing. Love Durin. Yeah, they've got the dwarves spot on in this. Yeah, <laughs> it is rare to jump into a brand new show, and I've I've got no negatives currently. This is very rare. I, I've got no nothing to pick. Yeah, at it. it was. I like that they're, they're, they're deviating away from the source material just enough to keep me on my toes. Someone that knows all about it, I'm like, oh, they've done this instead of that, and oh, this person's not here yet, and now they are, and all that kind yeah, of stuff. Yeah, I think I think they're compressing some of the timelines a little bit, like w- w- without getting into spoilers. There's something that happens that shouldn't happen for like another thousand years. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I know, I know what you mean, but but I, I do think it's really accessible, like. Bar yeah. having to remember it's, place names and people's names, it does a very good job of settling you in and getting you think, into that world and where you are. And, and it shows happening. you the map. It shows you the map what where you are. What they've done with the map, I think, is the, is the best nod they've done with it because everyone, everyone who will watch this will know the Middle Earth map. But, yeah. you know, place names aren't the same in the Second Age as they are in the Third Age. So having the well, map go over the familiarity, see the Southlands and what would have been kind of Gondor to Mordor, kind of those areas. But you see, it's written as the Southlanders. That, that helps because you can place where everybody is. Yeah, um, yeah. it's fucking brilliant, and I, I really love the graphic of the map moving over. It reminds me of the Game of Thrones opening, you know, because yeah. it's really well rendered and well put together. Oh, it's so fucking good! I can't wait for Friday for the next episode. Mm. Yep, I wish I, I do wish I'd have waited and just watched them all at once. Though I, I'm a bit like a stig now. I can't, like, yeah, oh, come yeah, on, yeah. I want to watch it. I couldn't nah, wait. Your, 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 your former would have hit it. Oh yeah. Majorly, majorly. It it. Excellent. So that is the Nexus done and dusted with. Let's move on to the main topic now because this is why we've got 
Kevin on. Um, basically, we're talking about careers and in creativity as well. So creative careers, which Kevin does. So if you could take your creative side and make a career out of it, what would you do and why? That kind of thing. So, I mean, we can cheat a little bit because Kevin does. <laughs> he does do it. So we'll, we'll, we'll start with you a little bit, Kevin. Like, tell us about your little journey. I mean, if it's, if it's like how the podcast became my job, it was, you know, it, it never was the, the plan. You know, it was never something that... I set out to do, and I think it's. I've always, you know, told myself if I could go back in time and tell myself when I was, like, you know, a teenager that this is what I was doing, I'd probably like fuck it up somehow and get like really paranoid <laughs> yeah. that I'd mess it up or something like that. So you know, I I kind of pursued a lot of um, you know a lot of different like academic kind of sides. I was involved in research. I did you know stuff with moon bears and centipedes. I was surveying the nation about domestic cats and electric fences and containment of animals, all all sorts. And uh, it it was something I thought that I really want to do would be like to be, you know, just a animal behavior scientist or something like that. And, you know, basically I found myself always wanting to do something else on the side. I always felt there was kind of a need to do an academic thing and also do kind of something silly. So I would do like stand-up comedy or I do, you know, student radio, which I always think is a really great way to kind of, Get, get experience doing a lot of different creative things at once is doing live radio. It's, it's yeah. the, the absolute best preparer. And it just kind of, you know, the, the podcast came along and think like the first one in 2013 when I was doing uh, work at the University of Lincoln. And, you know, the job at Lincoln didn't work out. I kind of got a bit burnt out from it, decided I wanted to do different things, wanted to kind of more involved in the teaching side of things. So I thought I'd get a teaching degree. That may, yeah. I could always get a job, come what may. Kept doing, you know, a podcast on the side, and that podcast turned into two podcasts with Cinema Swirl with my friend oh, Sam. Who used to do, uh, oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. They, they they multiply. They're like rabbits. These things, you know. <laughs> yeah. I, there was a period of time in my life, I think, where every person I met who was an important part of my life, I went and I started a podcast with because Adam <laughs> and Billy were my good friends. I did the Adshare podcast with them. I met Sam, you know, who I did stand up with. We went to Edinburgh together and did a show that we did that. You know, Joe. You know, who I'm engaged to now, she is, you know, how she wrestling, you know, we do together. And, you know, there was probably a period of my time when I was working in teaching. Uh, I was working in, you know, some colleges, teaching kind of, you know, animal behavior stuff. And I was keeping the, the podcast going on the side. And it was really tough. You could probably listen to some mm. of the episodes from those years. Like, you, know, you hear the sound of a guy who's kind of commuting back at two in the morning having watched Raiders of the Lost Ark to get up at five to go teach, you know, biology to a bunch of A-level students. It was a, a weird time. And I was finding myself getting into a bit of a rut. We moved to Manchester. I started this kind of thought would be a dream job. I'd be a lot more flexible, working in a different kind of environment. I didn't get on with it. It was bad for my mental health. You know, I found mm. myself kind of getting less motivated, getting less joy out of it. And teaching is like a very joyful uh, activity for me. And the fact that I was like, I didn't want to become one of those people who became burnt out and I was becoming burnt out. And we had started a Patreon for how to kind of a while back, just to kind of cover costs and stuff like that and have a little something on the side. And we decided, I had to share a podcast, was on a break, we'll come back. I decided to leave my job like kind of really on a whim. And it was Joe, entirely down to her, who gave me the uh, the pep talk, basically. Uh, Joe, and also, if you know, under consultation, uh, Ash Farbrother from that, he uh, 
he gave me a kind of a, a talk of like, well, you know, you're at the point in your life now, if you want to try something like this, you should try it. Yeah, so I kind time. of, yeah, exactly. And I think if I was finding myself in a similar position now, looking back then, I wouldn't advise me to do, you know, I'd be like, oh no, it's too scary or whatever. So I kind of, I, I took a risk, I quit my job and we launched the Patreon. And I was like, well, you know, what, what come, what may. And just kind of, it's been, a, it's honestly, it's been a bit of a blur because that's like nearly six years ago now. And there's three shows, three Patreons. It's a lot, it's a lot of content and the kind of, the job is, yeah, is interesting in the sense that it's not just, you know, sitting around watching wrestling all day and, and watching movies because you have to be very kind of careful. I learned quite quickly that if I do that, I'll just become a vegetable who's not particularly fun to listen to on a podcast. <laughs> so, and I'll tell you what as well, you don't want to be starting something that, you know, you're passionate about creative side and you, know, you see all these, I see all these YouTubers and Twitch streamers and they're like 21 and they're like, I love video games and now I'm so burnt out and I never want to play a video game ever again. Yeah. It's same with the like, journalists as well, video game journalists. They yeah. hate games. <laughs> and, and, you know, once it comes into like kind of the case of it being a grind or whatever, so I kind of got a bit worried early on and I was like, oh no, AEW's come along as well. This is like really amazing wrestling that I want to watch all the time on my downtime. And I'll spend, you know, like six hours in a day watching wrestling. And they're like, I want to watch the three-hour wrestling show. And, <laughs> now you've uh, got to take notes. Yeah, so, like, I mean, I, I guess it's, it's a weird little complaint in the grand scheme of things, but turning something creative and something that's a passion into a job, there comes kind of different responsibilities with that and kind mm. of remembering what made your... Sh- I mean, it can't be the same for everyone because you could be somebody who just kind of makes something and that's that. But for me... I feel there's a lot of myself in the podcast and it's a lot of kind of a reflection of, of me and how I'm feeling and what I've been up to and stories from my life and stuff. So I didn't want to just turn it into a job and then it no longer was something that was exciting or fun to do. So that's kind of like the, the weirdest part of the pivot into doing something creative as a job is remembering that the whole point of it being creative is that it's creative because it was fun and it's fun because it's creative. Yeah. So you have to try and keep that kind of together. So, you know, I mean... It's it's a weird as hell job, and sometimes <laughs> it it can feel like if I don't plan my week right, I can like absolutely screw myself and like have insurmountable mounds of stuff to do, and I can make it very not fun for myself. But I would say if I'm giving any advice to anyone who wants to get involved in something creative or pursue turning their you know side hustle or their their creative project into something bigger, surround yourself with people who you love, get on with, who make each other laugh. And also have various skills because I can't do Photoshop for Dick, and I luckily surrounded myself by lots of people who can do that, and I've coasted through that for my entire media career as a result. So yeah, I mean, it's 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 um, it's still something I don't think my parents understand. Um, I was home for <laughs> so I do for radio Christmas. with no music. <laughs> yeah, and like my dad does listen to Cinema Swirl, bless him, if he can get Stitcher working for him, which is the one app that he knows how to open. Which I think it's 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 sweet, like you know. But um, it's the type of thing where my parents have kind of stopped telling other other adults, I say, being an adult myself, but they don't really tell the people what I do because they're scared that they can't describe it, but they don't want to admit that they don't know what it is. So I'm kind of left in this, like I'll meet an uncle and they'll be like, what are you doing now? I'm like, it's, do you watch wrestling? I talk about that. That's me. You know, that's what I do now. I bet they're like, are you a commentator then? No, I'm not a commentator. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Uh, well, what I loved most was uh, meeting Joe's grandparents for the first time. And, you know, meeting the grandparents and kind of tell them, hey, I, I, I wrestle podcasts. That's what I do. And <laughs> the grandfather kind of gave me a bit of an odd look. And then later in the evening where I felt I'd earned his respect a bit more, he turned to me and went, of course, there's a rich history of wrestling here in Great Britain, Kevin. 
and I hear it's going through <laughs> something go. of a resurgence. He'd seen a report on ITV about British wrestling. So Giant like, stacks coming he, back. He, he knows why he's doing this, lad. It's all right. It's safe pair of hands. <laughs> oh, that's lovely. I've uh, excellent. I've been listening to. I've been listening to the Attitude Era podcast since 2013. It's oh, OG you, over here. Yeah. He, he has. He has actually mentioned it on this show before. Yeah. yeah. Uh, five times. So he's not kidding. He's not. He's yeah. not even just. He's, he's counting. He's like, that's kind of when I first started listening to podcasts, and it's like, right, okay, what, what am I interested in? I like wrestling, movies, like football. Right, go and have a look to see what ones there are out there. And obviously, Attitude Era podcast, the podcast that talks about my favorite time in wrestling, and a, a lot of people, the only time in wrestling I like. A lot of people our age is you know favorite time in wrestling. So yeah, of course, I'm gonna listen to that. And it actually was. I, I didn't listen from the beginning, but it was very close. And I around that time, I'd actually lost a job, and I was just doing like a, a warehouse job. But that kind of so you went back. It, no, but it got me through the night shifts. It really did. Like oh I, I, yeah, and that's that's the power of a yeah. podcast because Cole Cabana's podcast got me like between you know deciding to be a teacher and not being a science researcher. I worked as a mailman for a couple of seasons and. That was that was when I got really into the idea of podcasts because I was like, hey, I'm pounding the pavement, you know, ten hours a day, and yeah. it feels like a doddle because I'm listening to this funny guy in my ear. Like this is a this is a great format, you know. I always knew what they were, and I think people know what podcasts are. But if you meet someone who's like a podcast has gotten them through a commute, or it gets them through the dishes every day, or their long walk they have to do, or whatever it is, that's like kind of you know someone who really gets why podcasts are special or good. Yeah, yeah. you're doing a service. <laughs> do it for the working man and woman that's what we're doing absolutely. it for yeah <laughs> absolutely excellent so what we're going to touch on now a little bit is um what we want to do creatively as a career i mean you can jump in as well kevin if you wanted to do something even crazier than what you do now um i'll, I'll start just to get the, get the ball rolling because my dream job creatively is something that I've, i don't really speak about that much it's not something i've ever told anyone but um so and it's something that someone in this in this uh, call has actually done. Um, Gadget has released a book. He has he is a, a an, an author, and I've always wanted to write my own books, but I have ADHD, and it's mm. very difficult to sit and write a book when you can't sit for more than five minutes without moving, or wanting to chase that bird that's flying past the window, or Anything basically. You've, you've seen got, that you, dog on up, haven't you? You've got ADHD. You're not a cat, <laughs> mate. <laughs> there's definitely cat DNA in there somewhere. Uh, probably. Yeah, there's some, there's some there. And do like, you just sit licking himself all day? I do, <laughs> and preferably, I'd, I'd want to do something that is now got to the point where, and, and I wanted to do this like 15 years ago, but it's so popular now that I'd just be swallowed up by. Everything. I wanted to do like mindfulness and. That kind of those kind of books, but it seems anyone that's been on Big Brother now can release a mindfulness book. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's 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 just in the zeitgeist now that every celebrity's now a, a, a yogi or something like. Do you know what I mean? So I can't do none of that. I mean, so, I, I mean to be fair, it's getting to the point where people like, like that Andrew Tate fellow who was on Big Brother then went on to do mindfulness stuff and then went on to be crypto bro, then went on to be oh, he's a horrible human scammer person. Massive. Yeah, the alpha male. Yeah. So you mm. want to be careful with what you want with that shit. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Like, like what you're saying, no, like, a lot of 
especially celebrities, the ones the people are already kind of famous, just oh, I'm just gonna release a podcast. And they know they'll get the figures yeah. that people listen to know that. And that top which of is charts. why they kinda of like one of the reasons why I want to take Kevin on as well is because I respect so much about what you've done in taking what was probably essentially just a fun thing you were doing with your friends mm. and running with that and creating a career and a job out and of it. And he's done it, be- and he's done it before and the craze kicked yeah, off. Yeah, he's done it before the craze kicked off and you've done it and, you, and you've really run with it and it's, it isn't like you've just gone, oh, I'm going to, I'm famous, I'm going to release a podcast. Like you've, to me, you've done it the oh, right yeah, we way. We all have to deal with the, uh, the the tidal wave of pandemic podcasts. Like, yeah. Hello. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> just because you're a celebrity and you've got good representation, you can't get a decent USB microphone, apparently, in your echoey-ass apartment. Like, I mean, it's... <laughs> I, I, I feel, you know, about the, the book and all that, you know, and it feels like these days, like, every market is kind of completely saturated. Yeah. But, you know, I think... Honestly, the, 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 the creative things that always stand out, and even if it only gets you a small audience at the start, and I think it's what got us an audience at the start to begin with, it was just the fact mm-hmm. that you could tell it was some people who were having fun and they liked what they were doing. They weren't doing yeah. it because they thought they were going to make money out of it. They weren't doing it because they thought it was like the next big thing or whatever. And, you know, that goes for like, you know, things like your you know mindfulness book or whatever it is. You know, people will be able to see and tell straight away if something's the cash grab or if something yeah. is coming from more of an earnest place. But it is, you know, it is, it's tough these days because it's kind of like you are fighting against like a really like industrialized process now where it's like, you know, <laughs> hey, if you're a new comedian or whatever it is, you know, you'll get the book deal, you'll get the podcast, you'll get the probably the little the YouTube series or whatever it is. It'll all be kind of, it's all part of the deal now. But I think, you know, there is enough people out there who still appreciate Things that you know, I think people can recognize something, you know, with YouTube and uh, and with Twitch and stuff like that. People are good at audiences are good at finding out something that's authentic and something that is kind of just in it for the, the, the cash, whatever it is. And there's yeah. nothing wrong with something being in it just for the cash. If you're upfront about it and that's all it is, and it's sponsorships and cash yeah, and all that you absolutely. want, that's fine. But like, you know, I've seen a lot of folks when they kind of set up a, a podcast and, you know, I used to do a bit of consulting with people back in the day. I found it a bit tough at times because people would be like, Right, I'm going to set up the Patreon first, and then we're going to launch the show. And I'd be like, "Well, like, hang on a second, like, you know, get an audience car- first, <laughs> car before the horse." I mean, like, I'm not tooting a horn here, but like, I didn't even think of doing that until like five, six years into doing the podcast because I didn't feel yeah. like it was at, at the point of doing it. But it's part now. It's difficult because if you're setting up a creative project like that, it's expected. Like, if you don't have a Patreon or you don't have means for people to support you financially, it's it makes it seem like it's not official or not legitimate or something like that. So it's kind of, um, it is a hard time to do that, you know, but I think if your your passion is there for it, that always sings, whether it's on the page mm. or if it's a you know thing you've made, I think that always comes across, you know, humans have that sixth sense like a snake does. <laughs> it's, it's like, it's like I, I've, I've been meditating for like past 10 years, like before Russell Brand made it popular, because I was told that it helped, it helped my condition to, you know what I mean, get past certain, uh, issues that i have and stresses and I, I'd, I'd want to talk about that and stuff like but fucking yeah everyone else is doing it <laughs> it's so stressful so that's what stopped me i mean myself as well and again like i've got two really good i'd say really good i've got two really good fictional stories in my head that i've had in my head for the past 15 years that i'd love even to the point where i've got to this point now that i want to see this story on a page that i'd give to someone else to do it for me <laughs> 
<laughs> it doesn't even have to be in my name. I just want to read this book that I've got in my head. The best advice I got when I was writing my book, because I wrote my book over the space of about three months pretty intensely, shortly yeah. after my divorce, because it was therapy. Mm-hmm. Um, (laughs) that's why it's a very violent and bloody book Um, it's a good book it's a good book I I enjoyed writing it Um, but the the best advice I got from from someone was um, actually I got it from a Twitter exchange with John Scalzi of all people he basically said even if you're kind of feeling stuck about it just write a paragraph as long as you've written something that day even if it's a sentence write it Mm -hmm. Um, it doesn't matter whether you've got the attention span of a gnat or whether you can sit and write 5,000 words in an afternoon just sit there, get something on the page. As soon as you have something on the page, the next thing comes. Really? And that oh, was. It's just, it's just getting up there and starting, isn't it? Yeah. Mm. Like the, the, I mean, the, 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 I'm writing my second book at the minute, and I'm putting in maybe 500 words a week at the minute because I've been busy with work, but I'm still getting Stephen stuff in. Stephen King would be furious. Yeah, I know. I mean, that, I mean that's a <laughs> sentence for him. Christ. <laughs> that's 5,000 words a day. Yeah. I mean, I can I can do five thousand words a day. I've done five thousand words a day. It's not healthy, um, though, is it? It's not. That it's not healthy. It's just you end up losing sight of what you're doing because you lose objectivity because you get into a, like a flu state. Five, yeah, just keep five thousand words a day is great for prototyping a book yeah. or like trying to work out the ideas you want to get rid of. Um, but yeah, just write something, anything. The, the the hardest thing being a writer is that is that big white page. But as soon as you start getting some letters on there, it all starts to make sense. And it doesn't. And the other thing it. is, it doesn't matter if they're good or bad words. Just fucking put them down yeah. there. Leave it a few days. Go back and reread it, and you'll think, "Oh no, that's a bit shit." Oh, but I could write say this a bit better. I could do this a bit better. That description doesn't make sense. This is what I meant. And you rewrite it and you re-edit it. Um, but never just like control yeah. a delete. Just like think like, okay, what can I make? If I've written a five lines of bollocks, what can I do to make that five lines of bollocks less bollocks? And eventually, you get yeah, it with something good. Yeah. It just, okay. you have to take the time with it. And I know for an ADHD person, that is the worst advice in the world, but <laughs> 10, 15 minutes at a time, that's all you need. And you'll eventually find a flu. Yeah, I might, do you know what? I might take your advice. I might do it as part of my meditation because, you know, I do that twice a day. If I just yeah. take 10 minutes off of the meditation, well, no, do, 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 do your meditation. 20 minutes of writing. Do, do your meditation and then add 20 minutes on the end of writing. Yeah. So you're in a yeah, zen yeah, place also, and then write. I, I really wouldn't worry yeah. at all about. Saying oh the market's saturated because if even if you just do this for you and on like you, you give it to a few people to read as long as you yeah, exactly, you've done it yeah. and feel proud about it I mean you know that, I do what Gadget did where he self published on yeah exactly Amazon. and you know eventually people will see that and you can yeah. you can feel proud about the fact that you've done it the thing Finished. that you wanted to do it'll, it'll help you as well not view your creative endeavor by immediately comparing it to something else and i know yeah. that's obviously difficult if you're viewing it from the, the viewpoint of trying to make something into being commercial or, or something that can can make money because then the comparisons between things that have and haven't made money you're, you're going to run yourself up with but i'm not sure if it's the case for all creative endeavors but i certainly feel like you know i, I saw a lot of times in stand-up where folks who i knew were funny as hell like just so goddamn funny but mm. somewhere between wrestling between what they wanted to say and what other people said and they wanted to kind of emulate that, so to speak, that that can kind of almost be the death of the creative process in itself, yeah. you know? And I think, you know, if you're approaching it from something like mindfulness or, you know, a bit of you time set aside, that's the best way to do it because you're not going to be thinking about other things and you're going to be thinking about what you want to do right then and there. And that'll make it be mm. something more likely that someone wants to actually maybe, you know, pay for or or or, or get on board with, you know? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I mean it wouldn't be a massive tome anyway. It'd be one of those small 
mindfulness books that you get. That's what's in my head. See, but, yeah, I'm people like me are more likely to read it then, you know, and I see Yeah, smaller books. Thin book, yeah. <laughs> Do yeah, you know what absolutely. that's reminding me of? And I don't, I don't want to make light of the situation, but do you remember well, that episode of Black Books where uh, Bill Bailey <laughs> yeah. swallows the little book of mindfulness and becomes yeah. like, you know, it's like Jesus and he's dishing out all these like little snippets of advice. That's exactly what I'm doing. <laughs> that's, what, that's what Oodles wants to create. Swallow this book. I mean, you've got the Jesus look down already. Yeah, I've got the Jesus look going. Uh, American Jesus, obviously. White Jesus. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the one true Jesus. Anyway. <laughs> Let's let's move on. Uh, I want to know, Stig. Talk me through your creative dream. Uh, so my what I w- would like to do has kind of come along more recently because of this podcast. Um, oh, you're welcome. Yeah, thank you. Let <laughs> me say thank you. Anyway, th- you shouldn't have said no, thank you. You started it with me. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, weird. Um, it's you. I I love films. I really, mm-hmm. really do, do love films, and I will watch films from any kind of era or genre. Or I'm not. I will pigeonhole myself into what I'm going to watch uh, this year. I've watched films from the 20s, leading up, from a hundred years ago, basically leading up to. Out of everyone show. I know and I talk to, you've got the most diverse movie library background I've ever known. Yeah, you will watch 1950s French films and come back and say. This is what I thought about this 1950s <laughs> French film. <laughs> yeah, uh, but there are still holes within my film. Like there are still some big films I just haven't sat down to watch it. And over time, kind of having a family and a full time job, and now doing the podcast and finding time to play games and read. TV is amazing these days. You can't fit it yeah. all in. So if I could do something where I got to watch films and talk about films and write about films and do features more. Not when we do this once a week, five to yeah. 10 minutes, I'll talk about a film, but I don't get to go yeah. and see everything I'd like to see. Sometimes I'm, I'm waiting for it to come on streaming. If, if my job was, and it's partly down to, you know, obviously when we had Helen on from empire, like she, she talked about her yeah. career and everything. Being a proper critic. Yeah. And, and she, Came disillusioned with being a barrister and just like I don't like that. I don't like law. I'm going to go into something else that I really like. And she <laughs> no took, one likes law. She took up film journalism <laughs> and she's run with it and she's brilliant and she's absolutely amazing. And I I absolutely love Empire. Love their podcast. Love their output. Oh, she's a hero. And I think I'm at a point in my life now where I couldn't. If I got really good at it, I couldn't go and work for someone like Empire because just with a family and everything. I think that kind of time has passed. But if yeah. I could do more and make a bit more of a profession out of it in other means, even if it was kind of being a third party writer for them at times or releasing yeah. stuff online and YouTube. I, I want to do more for this podcast when our local cinema is built, when I can actually just walk down the road and go to the cinema and go mm-hmm. probably go and see two or three films a week, you know, kid, kids are in does. bed and go watch the film. I want to watch now. I don't have to travel 40 minutes away. <laughs> it's, you know, all that stuff on top, like fuel and everything, just kind of stops me doing it. But I really love talking about films. I, I'd love to write about them more. When I write something on Letterboxd, it's just my feelings, really. It isn't any, it's never professional on there. But I know that I'm perfectly capable of like sitting down and thinking about it and writing professional stuff and putting mm. and kind of being a name that, oh, like, oh, I'm going to go watch 
Stuart's reviews on YouTube because I like what he, how he I talks do, about I do stuff. like your reviews in general because obviously you've, you've, you've released small ones for us to see on, on Letterboxd and stuff. But when I've, I've talked to Gadget about this as well. When, when you're right there in the passion pit and you're talking about something you love, it is enrapturing and I do like to hear what you have to say. So I think you'd be yeah, you'd be fantastic at mm. it. And, you know, obviously, if it, if, if it ever became a proper thing and big, you, you do get some kind of perks with it, which would be nice. Premieres, interviews with famous people, <laughs> yeah. set visits. That's a pipe dream. That is a massive pipe dream. I would never expect it. They'd be like, Stig, you have to interview um, Scarlett Johansson. But, Are you going to be okay? <laughs> I'll be fine. Uh, I'd have to turn that one down. <laughs> <laughs> I, when, when we had Helena Horror on and, uh, and she was talking about like doing the set visit to, um, to see Dune, I was, I've was i never been more jealous of a human mm-hmm. being in my life. <laughs> and she said she'd saw, she saw Star Wars being filmed as well. Yeah. yeah, she yeah. did. Well, like, she I, I, I love listening to when they when they get new <laughs> when they get new young people onto the podcast. I love listening to that because it, mm. it, you, you're hearing the next wave of people coming through. As a company, uh, a magazine, they they don't seem to just. I mean, the the three main people on the podcast have been there for years, like twenty years yeah. or so, and they're brilliant. The at it, but they still bring in the new blood and they still respect their opinions just as much and they're just as good to listen to they're just as good to read and to be able to write about it and do features right what we're going to do we're going to do a big marvel feature we're going to do a big feature on this film or we're going to do a big huge 10 page dune spread i want you to do that i want you to do that to be part of that would be amazing yeah you'd have the sensational the deadline it? issues and stuff like that it might be like being back in school at times but <laughs> manage your time right and yeah you know, it's it. But absolutely, that's, that's I, I, I've, I've do done it. freelance writing for for um, games uh, outlets and stuff, reviews and stuff. And those those when they say, "Can can you do? Can you um, play this uh, eighty hour RPG and review it for Friday? It's Tuesday." I'm the guy. Look, luckily, I'm the one that's like, "Yeah, I can." Yeah, you can, <laughs> I can do. It. I, I can't do games. Play that game really fast. Sitting down to watch anything between ninety minutes and yeah. two hundred minutes, and then going and writing about it or doing a video about it. Yeah. Best thing to do, mate, is just put yourself out there, freelance, get some stuff yeah. up there. Just do it yourself. Set up a blog. Yeah. I mean, I used get to a blog. I used- I used to do a mu- yeah, I used yeah. to do a music reviews website back in the day, mm. um, yeah, and I used yeah. to just listen to albums and review them and put things out. I got loads of gigs for free. I got to meet some really interesting people. I got to exactly. I got to interview the drummer of Dream Theater at one point. That was a fucking great day. Yeah, um, I, I would do. I would do more stuff for the. I, I want to do more stuff for us as well. Like it's, coming it's, up, it's, like. It's, instantly, if you're going to set up a website or do stuff for us, you've got to call it Stew's Reviews. Stew's reviews. Stew's reviews. <laughs> <laughs> or a stews instead of reviews. But I'll yeah. that. Your own words. And that would work you if go. you go into, you know, going about casseroles and stuff like that as well. That would also work. <laughs> yeah. 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 You do like food. I do like food. Yeah. But yeah, yeah but sweet food, innit? Yeah. 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 There's so many uh, food critics. I wouldn't bother. There's more food critics than any other critic in the world. Mm. So well, I wouldn't jump into that field. That'd be nice, though. Writing, it would be writing nice. bullshit about free meals that you've been given. <laughs> uh, it, it, that's a fucking. It, I'm, I'm sure every kind of food critic out there, they've got to be on some kind of scam on that one because basically you get paid to go sit at a fucking thousand pound a head restaurant and be snarky as shit about it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, but their life expectancy is generally a lot lower than all other critics. <laughs> well, so, yes. yeah, it's, it's that the other end of the, the, the spectrum there. Yeah, they also probably get, they also probably get burnt out on it as well. Like you, you know, sometimes you just want to have a packet of crisps for tea. You know, <laughs> yeah, I don't want to go out to, to this Michelin star restaurant. My mate's, love, an editor, uh, my mate's an editor of a, a, a brewing magazine for beer, and um, he's been doing it for years. He got gout last week. <laughs> so, <laughs> wow. I know Jay Rayner, the uh, Jay Rayner, the restaurant critic. He, he had a, a book of his famous reviews that he put out once, and there's one where he was in this very fancy, like you know, French gastronomique experience, and he was really miserable, not enjoying it. And halfway through the review, he just goes to the gourmet burger company and gets burger and chips and a big glass of wine. Yes, says, best meal I've ever had in my life. Five stars. <laughs> love it, love it, excellent, Candy. What you you're a, you you've got a creative job, Candy. You for for. For Kevin and some listeners that are joining us, you are a tattoo artist professionally. Yeah, you don't just do it on the side. You haven't just picked up a needle and started tattooing people. You get paid to fully do it. Fully qualified, fully trained Joy's tattooist. Causing pain. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. Well, no, but I, yeah, sometimes depends on the customer. But yeah, no. This this one was a bit of a tough one for me because it was always a case of I wanted to be a tattooist, so I was one. Um, yes, but um, I am. Therefore, but therefore I am, or whatever the phrase. Exactly. Is. I tattoo. But therefore, I, I am. I was That's sort of the thinking, one. Yeah, exactly. I, I was thinking about it, and like when it comes to my deathbed, and I'm looking back and seeing the highlight reels of my life, like I, oh, like Jack Skellington's pumpkins. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Praying hands. Oh God, yeah. yeah. Tribal um, tattoos. <laughs> lions with blue eyes at the moment. Lions with blue eyes. <laughs> That must be awful. Can you do me a lion with blue eyes, please? And a St. George's flag right there? And the answer Ugh. to that is no. Um, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> My arm is full yeah, of no, Thinking stuff. back at like how I would do things differently, <laughs> Like I'm staring at 40 directly in the face at this point, and I'm thinking, well, I'm, it's, it's getting more and more difficult every year to physically be able to tattoo. Like I'm, I'm, I know... You are just sitting down all day, but you're sitting down and concentrating yeah. very hard all day. And it's the way I describe it to people that say, oh, you know, you're just sitting down all day. It can't be that hard. But, you know, if you do a six hour drive with a 20 minute break in between and you're constantly whilst you're driving, you're on the phone answering questions, you're still going to be knackered at the end of the day. Course. And yeah, I'm, cre- I'm creeping up there in age. So, I mean, what I'd, I think I'd like to do, like, I can never see myself not wanting to tattoo. Like, it is still my passion and it's my joy and it's what I love to do. Most days. Some days, not so <laughs> not hard. Not like holiday Mondays. No. Um, so, if I mean, if I were to change it, I'd probably, like, I would love to do maybe two or three tattoos uh, or tattoo days a week and just be a lot more specific about the, the things that I wanted to do. Like, the... So a typical week would be probably 60% of the kind of um, standard off the wall or the the fashion tattoos. And then the rest would be things that I enjoy doing. And then maybe the last, maybe 10% are things I really enjoy doing. Like, for example, last week I got to do a Jinx tattoo um, from Arcane and that was just the absolute highlight. Um, So I think I'd be more specific in terms of like selecting the tattoos that I did for two days a week. And then... I'd really like to do, I'd love to be an artist where I truly didn't have a boss. And by that, I mean, yeah. not just an artist for hire, for example. Like, I would love to work as a um, an outsourced artist for 
Bethesda or a game company, but Bethesda, if you're listening. Um, <laughs> so that's why I'm, I'm learning to do 3D art. And it would be nice if they, you know, Todd Howard called me up and said, restraining orders off. Yeah, that's got your number. We need these assets by two weeks. That would be great. But at the same time, you're still working towards a boss. And what I would love to do is maybe I want to sit down and do a painting and someone will buy it. You know, whatever it is, just have people. You, you work to your own timetable. Just doodle something. Do whatever you feel like and, you know, and, and make some money that way. But I, yeah. in the, like, sort of realistically, I would like to, like, I've never truly, even with tattooing, and even though I, I'm my own boss, I've ne- I, I still work for somebody else in that I give them a percentage of what I earn, which is fine because it covers costs and everything. But when it comes down to wanting to brand my own shop and everything, I just don't, or even choosing where the shop is, I, I don't have that kind of power. And it would be nice, especially like, again, getting towards 40, I would love at some point to have my own shop or start, and start my own shop for a couple of years just to say that I'd had something to myself. And that's a lot of yeah. what this podcast is as well. Like we're, we're truly just doing this. It's something that we all have and it's, it's for us. So, so that's how I get sort of my release that way. No, I'm doing like, it for the money. I'm joking. Do <laughs> <laughs> that 50 quid he gets at the end of the year. Yeah. From Patreon. <laughs> well, it's a nice little Christmas bonus though, isn't it? <laughs> See, this is, this is, and the stuff we do for this, it's just, this is the most creative thing I've ever done. I, I've, never been able to play a musical instrument or draw or do anything and yeah i love doing it like just regardless of the fact even if we got 10 listeners i just it's fun to me regardless so yeah, yeah. yeah mate of course it is yeah i'd love doing that i love it i mean an easy answer for me would be playing piano professionally but I've been a professional, well, semi-professional musician and it nearly killed me so i don't want to do that again <laughs> penis in a little yeah, gadget bar. Yeah, that, oh, I'd love that. I'd love it. Uh, gadget. Yes. Home. Uh, before I start, I, w- I would also point out, Candy, as, aside from doing 3D art, you should absolutely do kind of concept art and landscapes because the art you do for Score Cheap is so fucking good. It's beautiful. Oh, thanks. Beautiful. So like, I, like, I, I could see, maybe if you're not like creating the 3D assets for the next Fallout game, you're, like, you're doing some like huge paintings of the, um, of the Wasteland. For Todd Howard to oh. go, yeah, we can put a level in there. I would love yeah. to have the skills to do that. You've got like, them. No, you, you just want Todd Howard's phone number. That's what you want. That's all you want. Well, you know how it is. But you know, just a typical artist, I'm just at my own worst critic anyway, so I look at whatever yeah. I've done and think, right, straight in the bin with you. Trust, trust me, your scorched, art, scorched, scorched sheep art is fantastic. Oh, thank you. Thank you very much. Um, sensational work. And yeah, gadget. You're so, a musician. Ah, no. I'm no. an author. And an author. And an author. And a podcaster. And, a podcaster. and an artist now. <laughs> yeah. And, a voice, a, and an artist. And a voiceover guy. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, the thing I kind of want to do is, um, and uh, this is unusual for the rest of us. Because, Dancer. Uh, <laughs> just hold me closer. Um, <laughs> no, because cause you guys are talking about kind of like kind of more abstract dreams and that, but I'm I've got a, like a three-year plan in place for might not happen. So yeah, you have. <laughs> so I've just started a new job. I've just started a new job where I get paid a lot more than my last job for less work, which is perfect. It's the dream, and I fucking hate it, and I want out of it already. <laughs> already, he's been in it <laughs> four, a week, <laughs> four days in as of time of recording. No, it's it, I want out of the career. I don't like the career I'm in, which is typical of a lot of people. 
Um, like like Kef, uh, Kevin was talking about before with his teaching thing, it's like it was a thing that he enjoyed at one point, but ultimately burnt out and didn't have the passion for it. Kind of like what I'm in. Um, uh, but I, I've discovered like a little side hustle where I make money, and I know that I can make it into a, a full time thing. I, I want to play D and D for a living. Um, <laughs> of course you do. Of course, of course you do. Um, Dungeon so th- master. This doesn't come from 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 nowhere, incidentally. So yeah, so I, I run two dragons, dreamers called cheap. But I discovered a service kind of earlier in the year called StartPlaying.Games, which matches up dungeon masters with people who are willing to pay for dungeon masters, and that's the, that, that, that's the dream. People are paying me to run D and D games. Idiots! Um, I get it for free. <laughs> <laughs> Technically, you make money off it. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> um. So yeah, the the the, the idea is is um, I post up a game that I'm running, whether it's a module that, that I'm running from official Wizards of the Coast thing, or whether it's Alien RPG, or whether it's something I've written, and I go, hey, I'm available as Dungeon Master on these dates to play this game. Who wants it? And people just tick in. They pay me a fee per session, and I run the game for them and have fun doing it, and at the end of it, I've made some money, and they've had a good time. And I, I, so this last month, it sounds kind of crass to get into the figures, but this is the last month. I'm just looking at my calendar. Uh, oh, sorry, in August, because I haven't put my calendar over to September yet. Uh, I ran three sessions. I ran three sessions, and I made three hundred dollars. That's it. Comes the money. Twelve hours work. Mm. Um, I so oh. I, 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 I did I did a little bit of the kind of back of the fag packet maths, and I worked out mm. that if I did three days a week where I did two sessions a day, so that's like a full working day. Mm-hmm. I'd earn forty grand a year. That's working. Do it. Quit your job now. <laughs> well, that's it. Three days a week playing fucking D and D. Why not? So, but that's um, just purely for the DM stuff, isn't it? Like you could release your own modules and just have a bit of a passive income that way. And if you're carrying on with your art, you know, illustrate well, it yourself. Yeah, that's it. That's Our the book. That's the idea. That's where I'm getting. So the idea is, I want to do play D and D games for three days a week. And then have two days a week where I'm doing art that I can sell, like like drawing. The, the reason why I was talking about the art before, I'm drawing a battle map for score cheap. The idea being that I can draw battle maps from scratch and sell them, because you can't really sell the ones you make on Incarnate or Dungeon Draft because no, they own the assets, don't they? Yeah, it's other people's assets you use, and they look great. But I kind of yeah. someone else drew all these little bits that I'm putting into it. So I draw it myself. Yeah. I can fucking sell the bastard. <laughs> or I can do background music. You know, I can play this little synth or all these guitars behind me, and I can do like um, at once, at once, because I've got eighteen arms. Um, <laughs> or I can write modules, as Candy said, or I can write scene setting, or I can just create like compendiums of NPCs or character ideas or monster ideas. All these things I can sell, and you know, stick them on like Drive Through RPG for ninety nine pence or D and D Beyond for a couple of quid. And yeah, all these things that you just build up money, but like have three days a week where I'm actually working and paying my bills, giving me other days of the week where I can be creative. And like, I was I was talking with someone about this. Well, what, what would you do about retirement? Would you have a pension? I'm like, fuck no. Why would I want to retire from that? <laughs> you could do that until yeah. you're ninety years old. I'll do it till I fucking die. It's fucking brilliant. Yeah. Wizened old DM. Exactly. That'd be cool. Yeah. Though, who, it? who doesn't want wizard? a? a, a Rarely you have a, a super grey beard. I, I know, obviously, our listeners so cool. will know of uh, our D&D podcast, and we obviously have a few people, we have people who listen to that. But if you haven't ever listened to that, Gadget has created a whole world 
all this backstory for our characters and where I'm pushing us towards where we're going. He is can think up things on the spot like no one I've ever known. And he has to because we improvise <laughs> and fuck up his plans constantly. He's trying to push us one way. We go, no, let's go do that. And so he has to like, right, okay, change, change the narrative on the spot. Spend and three it, hours on and that. And he does it. And he's so good at it. And like, it'd be amazing to do it full time. The big one is, I mean, the big one, the second season that we had was early on where, where your character, Stig, you just decided to kill an NPC in broad daylight. <laughs> that NPC I we was down supposed, an alleyway. <laughs> yeah. But no, but no, but that NPC was supposed to lead you through like a really intricate little plot line. And like such a fusion, take you under the city, and you meet the thieves guild. No, you just fucking killed him, and I'm sat there like, okay, what the fuck do I do now? Let's arrest him. Let's see what happens then. <laughs> but yeah, like that, that's the stuff I enjoy about D and D. Like, like I, I run the modules, I run the official Wizards of the Coast monu- modules, and they're well written and they're interesting stories. I just keep fucking changing them up. I just put random bullshit in there to see what happens with the players and let them enjoy it. But the point is, they enjoy it, and they come back. Like, I've just finished a campaign with my um, uh, starter group, and they've immediately wanted to roll into a second campaign. So I'm waiting for the source book to turn up for that, and then I'm going to run them into that. Like, that's the thing. Exactly, that's it. I've had them for 14 (laughs) sessions so far, and they're like, no, can we keep playing with you? Like, you kind of want to keep giving me money? And they're like, yeah. It's like, fucking great. You're D&D whore, that's what you are. But the thing as well, because I also do things over a two-week period, so I do, I'll do, i do a session, then it, that's a, that, that group will not come back for another two weeks. That yeah, means if I'm, rest. if I'm doing six sessions a week, that means I can have 12 different groups going at the same time, which means wow. I've got income for fucking days. And they're all at different price points. Like, my Alien RPG costs more than my D&D, because Alien RPGs, it's more fun to run, but the <sighs> modules are more expensive. Brilliant. Mm. And a lot yeah, it's very complicated as well. It's less complicated than D and D. Yeah, well, it, it wasn't that complicated, complicated in the end. It was just it was a lot of fun that one. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. It all confuses me. You got turned into a zombie. What more do you want? Yeah, excellent. But, but yeah, so I have a three year plan for this. I'm going to work this current job that I've got for three years. I'm going to take a career break and try for twelve months. Try for do twelve. It, mate. Yeah, try for twelve months with a safety net that I can go back to an actual job if I, if I don't make it. But... And you've got this podcast to fall back on. Where are I? Like, 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 imagine that my entire living is playing D&D and talking on a microphone like an arsehole. What more could you want in life? <laughs> what yeah. more indeed? What's, it's like being a bingo caller, isn't it? It's perfect. Just on a microphone all the time. Love it. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> so before we get onto the feedback, we're going to say goodbye to Kevin in a bit, but we've got some more questions to ask him while we've got him. So, Stig, I, I believe you've got a question. Yeah, I, I just... Want to know really because you obviously have taken podcasting into your full time job. Has that wanted you to try anything else and go to any do anything else within media? Because I know you've you've done your stand up, but have you looked? Oh yeah, I mean, it has it has really you know made me want to go and and I, I have went and pursued a lot of other kind of things in the, in the meanwhile. I've done some voiceover work. I've done some you know got some acting gigs. I did some nice. kind of, you know, corporate voiceovers. You did because I, like, I, I, went I heard pe- one randomly and I was like, oh, I know that you? voice. I can't remember what it was. Really? <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's what I love about it is that like, because I, I appeared in the Secret Life of Cats BBC Horizon show back in the day. And I love just kind of appearing <sighs> in these very diffuse things. 
So when people are like, whoa, what is that? You like, yes, yeah. I, I like, because I have appeared on like yeah. a series of privacy compliance videos. If you happen to work in the GDPR <laughs> regulation field, I'm the privacy guy. I took a job once, which was down in Morecambe, all the way down the coast in a psychiatric facility because they were filming a special interactive choose your own adventure style training for the NHS mental health staff where I got to play the villain of the piece who stole a t-shirt <laughs> and I, I don't have like any particular aspirations like oh I want to do like your full time voiceover stuff or oh I want to do full time acting or anything like that I don't because honestly I'm doing my dream at the moment which is is full time podcasting but you know circling around to what I was saying earlier trying to have those experiences and trying to make sure that I'm out there I'm you know living my life and I'm not just you know speaking into a microphone or editing what I say all the time it's made me just kind of be very kind of haphazard and be like, hey, fuck it, I'm going to go off and do a thing for Bargain Booze this week where I ask people in Liverpool how they treat their mothers because it's Mother's Day. You know, just I, I try and do these random jobs Love as much it. as possible. And I kind of feel like I come in to something like that with a little bit more kind of confidence about myself than if I was just like, oh, I'm going to go do this to be my job. Because it is a difficult world to be freelancing and doing, you know, acting bits here and there and auditions are tough and all that. But yeah. I kind of feel when I arrive in those places, it's kind of like, a, I treat it like when we used to go to the museum when I was a teacher or something. It's kind of like a jolly of a day off, you know, it's something a little bit different. <laughs> I got to I got to do a beanbag ad with a pug last year, for instance. So, you know, when you... When, <laughs> When, when you dream. get those, that's the dream, folks. And the pug got sick everywhere. It's so many of the beans <laughs> in the beanbag. And I think I signed a contract that says pugs. I can't can't reveal what beanbag brand that may particularly well be. But, um, <laughs> can't imagine there's I many think, of them. What 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 it is is like it's for me. It's about using my position that I have this kind of this this um these podcasts that kind of provide me with a with an income stream and all that, and then just kind of using those other activities in the media just to try and kind of, you know, sharpen up my skills, you know, and when you're not very laser focused, like, you know, uh, cause I've thought before, but you know, really given voiceover a, a real proper go, like a real, like get a website and everything. And I kind of never gotten around to it because I'm, I kind of like doing stuff a bit here and there. And I like the kind yeah. of the unknown of like what the next job will be like me and Joe have a little side hustle. We've been asked two or three times to go down to BBC and media city in Salford because they have like new game shows they want to test and they want people who can talk. And we're like, well, we talk. So we sit down and pretend to be on a game show at a conference room for these executive folks and we just, you know, hash it out. So like, what I love is like when you live in somewhere, like I used to live in rural Lincolnshire and that wasn't a possibility, but living in somewhere like Manchester where there's a lot of like, you know, corporate work and there's a lot of like amazing artists and comedians and content creators and a lot of, you know, people making ads and stuff who want to do something a little bit different and a bit weird. You know, I think if you ever want to do something creative, you can get very tunnel vision and just focus on that one thing. But if you think about the things that make your big project fun and what makes you good at that, trying to find other little avenues to get in there, that's, that's what I think is, is the most fun about, you know, we, we think we talked a lot here, everyone say about the, you know, being your own boss and stuff like that. And that's like mm. kind of one of the fun things about it is being able to kind of pick some stuff that might give you a story at the end of the day. You know, I think on the day in Morecambe when I was the, the baddie in the mental asylum, I probably wasn't <laughs> having specifically the best day of my life, but I've got anecdotes for days now, so I'm very happy with that. Yeah. <laughs> fantastic, fantastic. So, uh, I mean, that's all we've really got time for with you, uh, Kevin, because you're on a strict time-based uh, appearance tonight. So before we, we let you go, 
I think it's time we allow you <laughs> to plug your wares. <laughs> well, you can catch me on the Out Your podcast where I talk about, as we said earlier, everyone's favorite period of time in professional wrestling with my pals Adam and Billy. We're coming on to our fifth season where we're going to be going into uh, the ruthless aggression time period of 2006 oh. onwards. So we're, <laughs> yeah. you, you know, when your first WrestleMania's got a Peter Gabriel soundtrack, you're going to have a good time. You can yeah, also absolutely. hear me with. How to Wrestling, where me and my partner, Joe, if you've never seen wrestling or you don't know anything about wrestling and you want to like pick a topic about it and have a deep dive from someone who's been watching wrestling their whole life like myself or someone like Joe who just has been watching it for a podcast for some years, well, that's kind of a, a, a how-to guide for all different people and concepts in wrestling. And if you just don't care about wrestling and you want to see me talk to my friend Sam who's never seen any movies and then we watch those movies, there's always <laughs> Cinema Swirl. They're available wherever you get your podcasts and they all have patrons with extra content as well. And guys, thank you so much for having me on. It's been really great having a chance to talk to you about, uh, so I don't get to talk about it from a kind of a career point of view. So it's been nice to have a little bit of uh, introspection. You've not given me my mindfulness book yet, but you've given me pause to self-reflect. So I appreciate that. <laughs> thank you very much, Kevin. Thank you for being on the show. So yeah, you enjoy the rest of the evening. Enjoy your wrestling. See you later, mate. Thank you so See you much. guys. Bye now. Bye-bye. Oh, oh, guy, what a guy. How what good a was lovely he? guy. Oh, he looks spectacular. Love I couldn't keep my eyes off him. That, that moustache. Right, so now Kevin's left, we can we can get out our listeners' feedback now. We didn't want him to listen to all that nonsense. He's got to get a nap in before tonight's oh. wrestling. <laughs> Absolutely. I, I bet it starts really late, doesn't it? Yes, yeah, be like one o'clock in the morning. Oh, let him, get to, get, let him have a sleepy. So, yes, Gadget, what have our delicious listeners fed us back with in well, a bulging sack we're going to start unusually this point because we had a little bit of feedback about about our big hundo episode last week do it um so i want to start off with kieran so quality 100th episode folks i love the hot takes bit at the end looking forward to deep dive lounge <laughs> and thanks for calling me a good boy even though i was there i'd completely forgotten about that last cutscene of final fantasy 7 being blocked out and then biggie appearing as cloud <laughs> that was incredible <laughs> I, I, I love Karen Cloud. It's one of my favourite characters <laughs> of all time. It should be canon in Square Enix, like in that world. Can you imagine Karen Cloud turning up in like Dissidia? Yeah, <laughs> it's like a summons or something. I mean, at the very least, at the very least, it's one of the emotes in our Discord. It's but, so uh, it's my favorite. The look on his face when he turned up and he's got... just so funny. As well. <laughs> <laughs> Every time I think about it, it makes me laugh. And he's got his helmet on his shoulder, and everything just fucked up. And then when his screen came back on, he's just stood there going, "Oh, oh, <laughs> so good." Uh, Zenos said, "Listening to the clip of Candy trying to read the social stuff was an experience. <laughs> it's an experience for me too." <laughs> I, w I went back and re-listened to that one after Stigger put it all together. That was fucking oh, incredible. I was <laughs> howling so much. I had to edit it down a bit because there was just too much. It was too long. The whole clip was like six minutes long. I was like... And I I'd, I'd edited it down from 11 minutes when it first happened. Yeah. I remember you, 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 had to, <laughs> I you had to cut me out. You had to cut a little bit of me because I, I was obviously riddled with COVID. And I was going, stop making me laugh. Yeah, <laughs> you, you were dying my, coughing. My lungs were dying. Stig was dying coughing because he, yeah. he'd broken himself at the time. Oh, it was so funny. <sighs> but it's 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 the greatest joy I've got doing this podcast world when Candy gets into a giggle loop. Oh, no, because she stop. doesn't stop. Can't. <laughs> yeah. Once I'm and gone, I'm gone. She needs to be shook. Stop yeah. laughing. But she'll find that funny and she'll keep going. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, probably. 
Uh, <laughs> last, last one on it, Nimrod Hicks. Uh, Listen to the 100th today. What a banger. Tears of laughter from the reminiscence and the clips. Then everyone's wonderful contributions have me in tears again. I'm looking at you, Supernatty Cat. Great work mm-hmm. all around from a great community. And yeah, yeah uh, that kind of sums it up. I, I, I will say I had tears in my head <clears throat> listening back to Stig for your fucking outro. Good one, it. You dirty yeah. little boy, putting that together. <laughs> yeah, that was, that was really nice. To pay that band loads of money for that. Yeah. But it, it, it was one of those things that I, I, I guess because we, we were doing a retrospective episode last week, but hearing those clips back, because yeah. I, I don't go back and listen to the old episodes because I've got so much editing to do for the new ones. I just don't look back. Hearing the shit and hearing how far we've come and like all the guests we had and all the random shit and fucking Biggie not understanding what age like milk means and <laughs> and going through all that. I was just, oh. just even having the moment of like introducing Candy as a full time cast member for the first time. It was I was I had a little lump in me through it. I was yeah, like, oh, that was so yeah, fucking me too. nice. <laughs> yes, I just saw a great yes. dollar signs. Achieved what I set out to do. Yeah, you did well, Stig. You did well. Bravo on that edit. Yeah, absolutely sensational piece of work there. Um, Stig. Yeah. Brilliant. Uh, Any more feedback on our topic? Uh, yes, we have feedback on the topic. So, uh, back to Xenos, he said, so I have a really good imagination. One of the reasons I listen to the sequelizers is that I can more or less visualise everything from their pictures in my head and basically get a film to watch in my mind's eye every week. What I can't mm, do is actually yeah. draw to get the pictures out of my head, not the paper. I would like to think that I could be a writer for a game, though. Uh, sorry, that took a turn. Uh, given that I thought he was going to say he wanted to be an artist. Uh, but no, he says, I thought... Uh, <laughs> I would like to think I could be a writer for a game or film, though, given the chance and the motivation. I actually had a novel that I've been working on off and on since about 2007, but the biggest problem I have is is getting my brain to put all the events in some kind of an order. It's basically just a cloud of ideas that constitutes one complete plot, but won't sit still long enough to write it all down. I have a 3,200-word file typed up on how magic is supposed to work in-universe and almost nothing for the actual story, which I suppose qualifies me to be the next George R.R. Martin. (laughs) Does I mean, Xenos does... He does like to break things down. He has got that, that mind for it. When he just talks to us about what we've done on Scott Sheep, he breaks it down. He tells us what he's thinking at the time. And I think I, I, I would read one of his novels. He's, he's got a very analytical mind. He can be, he's very good at yeah. passing things through. <clears throat> yeah, um, I, I, I said just go for it, mate. I'm going to do it. You do it. Uh, I tell you what, have a novel off, the three of us. It's time to novel off. <laughs> Mine's going to be small, though. Mine's just a little mindfulness book. It's going to be like 100 pages. <laughs> I know. We'll still finish ours before you do because you'll get distracted by birds outside. <laughs> I'm gonna put, I want to, I've got some illustrations to put in it as well. Uh, make, don't, don't make them pornographic. <laughs> it's Cam Sutra. I'm joking. Isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> uh, that F King guy said, uh, story pitch guy. I'm sure there's actually a term for it. I have some neat ideas, notebooks full of half-formed stories and gimmicks for numerous projects over the years. If I dig through them from four or five years ago, I'm sure I could find the Predator film idea that I put uh, put them in the Frontier Times. While I think that I'm good at that, I'm, be- I'm bare-bones at everything else. Writing, sequential art, fuck you, you're amazing at art. Um, editing, filmmaking, etc. That's stuff I can do, but not on at the greatest level. Fuck you, your art's amazing. Mm. Stop it, Dean. Oh my God, that man. He's so talented. He's... he's- his podcast has changed completely from what he originated and the way his mind... Do you know what, what I like about uh, Dean is he takes his time to speak before he does, unlike me, complete opposite. Yeah. He will just... He'll think and he'll, he'll, he'll observe and he'll, he'll absorb and then he'll speak and it's just gold that comes out. I think he'd be perfect mm. as, a, as a writer, screenwriter. Well, he does say, my attention span only allows me so much time to work on a project before I get bored and I have to move on. Same goes with learning yeah. skills like writing and editing. 
Having a lack of time to work on things as well, combined with that attention span, if I think of something, I've got to get it out on paper as quickly as possible, before procrastination, boredom, or the realisation to be on my skill level to do it. If given unlimited time to myself to work on things, it may be different. Recently, I've actually been making a lot more stuff uh, stuff in the time I have, so maybe I can do more outside of the con- being a concept idea guy. Time will tell, but... If asked now to do one thing right now, I'd be the guy to think of stuff and pass it on to more talented people to make. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And just more pictures of boobs, please. I like it. I like it a lot. He's got a fixation for dicks. Dicks and tits. (laughs) Yeah, and butt custard or whatever it was called. (laughs) God, that was amazing but bleak at the same time. Um, I I, I love that kind of art. Fucking adore it. We, we, we've defeated Supernaticat because this time she put feedback on Patreon rather than Twitter. Wow. We got, th- we yeah, got three bits could. of feedback on Patreon. They, they, yeah, we do that more often. They're learning. Whoa. They're learning. <laughs> so Supernaticat said, I think I'd be good at storyboarding video games, as in coming up with the ideas, then pitching them to other people. I have a crazy mad imagination. You do. And I, this, I think, is viewed by some as a curse. It is. But the, other <laughs> people, but the people in my head tell me it's awesome. <laughs> What a lie. (laughs) I loved creative writing. Looking forward to Tampon Simulator. (laughs) I loved. No, no, Call of Tampon. Call of (laughs) Tampon. Requiem. Yes. Uh, I loved creative writing in school and I love seeing novel adaptations come to life on the big screen. So imagine this is what it's like to write a story and and scroll little doodles of what's in my head, then watch cleverer people Mm. than me create it and other people play it. That would be epic. It would be amazing, wouldn't it? Like, I've got so much in my head. I wish I had, like, like just an assistant. If I, Every time I say stuff, they write it down for me. You know, like wealthy, wealthy authors do. They don't yeah. type anymore. I'd love to have just a person. I'd call him Jeeves, and Jeeves would just sit there, and I'm talking Jeeves, Jeeves make sure down. you're writing this down. <laughs> you just, yeah, just want to live, just wanna live a Jackie Collins life, just sitting around a fur Yeah, I want to be Jackie else. Collins, basically. <laughs> Jeeves, did you get that? I'm talking about his long, slender shaft. Write that down. <laughs> now be gone. I have young boys to entertain. <laughs> exactly. Eating grapes. Oh, God, oh, that's such a drink. Drinking wine, wine and eating grapes. Yeah. Oh, oh, oh. Uh, Mark Plant, Planty, has said, I mean, I mean, I mean Oodles, this is your level, this one. I'd have to be a fluffer. Not out of choice, but with zero talent other than being able to keep able to open and close my mouth regularly and at length it's out of necessity. Fuck my life and apparently my face. Wow. Listen, Planty, we all know if you could do it full time, you'd be brilliant at it and you'd be a great podcaster. So Off I meant fluffer. Definitely a good, definitely a good fluffer. Absolutely. Uh, Last up, we're going back to Yorkshire's finest. It's Kieran uh, saying, uh, I love coding, me. but after 15 years. Yeah, excuse us. I, I stand by my statement. Uh, I love wow. coding, but after 15 years, I'm getting pretty sick of working in the finance industry. So I'd love to work in an industry close to my heart that produces a product I actually give a shit about. So probably video yeah, games. Man. I'm not particularly interested in getting to the dev side of games, but to be a part of a studio and supporting the dev process and its infrastructure would be awesome. Yeah. And I, it, just the, the, seeing your name come across on the credits that you've done something for a project that you you love, and I, I bet I, I bet even game devs, even when the, there's a negative score come through or not so positive, I bet they're like, I don't give a fuck. I am proud of what I've done. Yeah, that's how they should be. But obviously, I could get 
pay deductions and stuff like all that nastiness at the back end. I mean, I mean, I mean Kieran could be the could be the next Neil Druckmann. He's got the hair for it already. He's got the look. He's got the yeah. look. He's got the style. He drinks like a champion, yeah. like Neil Druckmann does. Yeah, he'd be perfect. <laughs> so, but is that uh, the feedback? That's the feedback. Fantastic. So, as always, links to all our extracurricular activities are in the show notes and at modernescapism.co.uk. And please consider becoming a patron to help support our endeavour. Next week, we will be talking about working for a fictional company and what that entails and why we chose to work there. It's going to be very interesting because there's a lot of fictional companies we can jump into. And I'm assuming somebody might get an internship at Umbrella. No one's allowed Umbrella. It's too easy. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not working. I'm not smart enough to work for Umbrella. (laughs) But yes, I think it's going to be good. Um, Again, please listen to our other shows in in the network's Umbrella, uh, Do hey. Dragons Dream of Scott Sheep, and Deep Dive Lounge, which you will be available by the time you listen to this episode. Um, put a lot of love into that. Uh, everything we do, we put a lot of love into. So please help us. Even if you don't listen to it, just scrib it so it looks like you have. <laughs> That'll do me. Five, five, give us those five yeah. stars. Five stars on Spotify. Five stars. Get on the Patreons. Yeah, yep, yep. Give us money for more exactly. shit. <laughs> and if you're not a patron, This is the end of the road for you, unfortunately, but for the patrons, we'll see you in a couple of minutes in the green room. So that's been a podcast. It's been lovely to have Kevin on. Fantastic. Very mature podcast for us after the last few we've had. I've enjoyed it. So that's been a podcast. Good night. Bye. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. <laughs> it's not usually me that fucks up. <laughs> <laughs> Biggie, I don't the, know. One that, the one that isn't here, bless his heart, is like he is usually the one where whose video just cuts out randomly, or because yeah. everyone just, was talking he just clicks then, the X but and just shuts before the everyone video was finished and... finishing the sentences, he just went everyone. <laughs> just everyone doing it. I was oh, like, we need to find something. I'll just pretend Discord, I know what they're saying. You need a wild card in there, you know. <laughs>